welcome back everyone um we're now going to be going on with our season uh, four review from clues up until redemption so um do you want me to who, who did the synopsis for the last one sorry uh I think, I think you we, did. I did. Do, do you want to do clues then? Yeah. Um, the Enterprise is on a routine mission when an, an investigation of an unknown planet sends an Enterprise crew through a wormhole, ranging everyone, but Data un unconscious. Interesting and odd episode. Mm, I, I honestly, I didn't get much for this one in terms of what the message is. There's very little that I found. Oh, I got a bit. Um, yeah, you always get quite a bit. <laughs> um, Again, I've got things on standby. I can just shove in and kind of yeah. explain away if needs be. But hey, um, I thought it was a great opening scene with Picard and Guinan on the holodeck in the world of Dixon Hill. Um, so who, who's yeah, the... I thought that was quite nice with a character development. Yeah, but I don't think it adds anything to the plot though. So it's like it, pillar it, filler. It doesn't add anything to the plot, but it kind of. It sets up the whole what the episode kind of affects them, the idea of clues and a mystery. So that kind of part of it does work quite nicely. But yes, it doesn't overall anything to the plot overall. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, a date episode with a mystery is called always appeals to me because I said I love mysteries. I know answers to why, what happened, and why. And well, he's one of my favourite characters. So for me, this one was kind of just a given. I was gonna. I, I've always really enjoyed this episode. Um, a well-written, constructed one, which would engage in mystery and nice resolution, um, and a really great performances from the whole cast with a very interesting idea about data lying, which I really liked. Um, the messages I got literally was, this is to quote Picard, to many humans, a mystery is irresistible, it must be solved, and clues were left behind that suggested the mystery, they were important in solving them. Um, and also, as a bit of trivia, there's, this is the uh, first appearance of Nurse Agawa as well. Yeah, oh, interesting. Mm. Um, I like the fact that Doctor Crush's uh, Dysomedia and Scarlet Moss experiment is just coloured cotton buds in a jar. <laughs> I think the way that the crew goes about finding the truth is quite clever, using transporter's trace pattern and the ship's chronometer. Mm -hmm. I also think it's clever how the rice interwove things that are meant to distract you. Um, like Wolf's wrist, so you meant to go. Oh yeah, um, Data did that, and it turns out it was Troy. Mm -hmm. I love the way that the, they filmed the conversation between Captain Card and Geordie over Data's test on the bridge, as it mean a way of making an otherwise boring observation scene interesting. Uh, Data does everything he possibly can to protect the crew from themselves' con curiousness, but Captain Card forces his hands. Meaning you can't protect people from themselves. Uh, Janitor doesn't have much mu much luck with aliens while she's sleeping. As <laughs> as in this one, she's taken over while she gets impregnated in the child. Mm -hmm. Just no luck. No. Kind of kind of a bit like Geordie being lucky in love or Chief O'Brien in DS9. Sound bad happens to him every single season. <laughs> a, few, a few of these characters do seem to have curses put upon them, don't they? Um. Yeah, I said it's a good episode. It's a, I said a nice, nice contained episode. One I've always enjoyed. Um, so, I mean, is there anything else you've got you want to say on that one? No, I've got more as much as meanings, but nothing yeah, go, else. Go for it. Peace is a worthy goal. Life is there to challenge us physically or mentally. Tell the truth. Be true to yourself. Don't 
change yourself to appease someone else's wishes, take responsibilities for your actions, don't jump to conclusions, find out all the facts first. Honesty is the best policy. Everyone makes mistakes. Anything's possible if you put your mind to it. No matter what you do, the truth will always be found out. Logic is king. Accident and mistakes happen, it's how we deal with them that's important. Don't give up so easy solutions to every problem. You have to be willing to do anything to survive. Every problem has a solution. Every decision we make has its consequences, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Next episode, first contact. Didn't you have any, Jamie, or have you, did you do yours? Oh, what, for clues? Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you want me to repeat them? No, it's fine. I can yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, I've already, yeah, I didn't get much. <laughs> um, first contact. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love this episode. It's not a season content favourite episode contender, but it was very again. This is where I had to be really nitpicky. It was it was very close, but not quite. But put the reason being, I've never cared for it. The reason being, it just doesn't have an impact beyond this episode. But it was for me, it was very close. Um, anyway, synopsis: um, Riker undercover on Macoria. That should be Macoria Three, because that's what it's called. Is injured in a riot and taken to a hospital, where his true nature is deduced by Macorian Mal- doctors. While Riker remains out of touch with the Enterprise, um, I think that summary could be a bit, bit better. It doesn't quite explain everything. It's like there's also the plot of Picard and Troy navigating through first contact and trying to, you know, with them, which it doesn't really say. But never mind. No, um, but that's been the same for Trek or for forever. Mm. It's 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 enough. It's a small paragraph, but you can't again. You can't put everything in there, Jamie. To be fair, no. And then, um, yeah, we're gonna cover it all, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and they all know the episode anyhow, so hey. Yeah. Uh, I, I do love this episode. There's so much I really like about, it, and there's there's so many messages I found. I don't. I, just, I don't like it. I, I don't have. That is true. But did you find? Did you kind of see what I was talking about in terms of like the messages in there? Kind of what I was kind of getting at. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, um, did you want to do you want to say what you liked or what, what what you thought of it then? I got some. Um, Go for it. What's her name? Something Ale. Uh, Rasta. Uh, uh, hang on a minute. Uh, it's played by Caroline Seymour. Yep. Um, yeah, Marasta. Yeah. Um, who typically plays Romulan? So she was in like. Contagion and stuff like that, and um, Face of the Enemy. We, we haven't got that one. Gets that one yet, Jamie? I know, but she's she's in that as well. Which is season six, I think. I think it's a clever episode doing it from the Malorian's perspective, similar to Mintarkin's in Who Watches Watches. Mm-hmm. It's a great homage twist to the Alien Invader story with the humans being the alien. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, minor details they include about. My Loria three, including how many hours in the day they have, and the biology like twenty nine hours. The city map painting is reused from Angel One, um, but they also that. treated, treat, uh, also created a new map painting for this episode featuring glass skyscrapers. But yeah, that's not the last time you hear about Angel One map paintings. Uh, the Malorians have the sentiments. Of hum- humans had in the 17th century before Gallo, Gallois, Coponius, in oh god, Coponian 
theory was accepted. So, Earth being the centre of the universe, which I thought was quite interesting. I actually had to do a bit of research into that. Although there is a kind of plot point with that. Of if they think they're the centre of the universe, and surely the planet should just be called Malkora, not Malkorian 3. But no, eight. that's a myth, Jamie. You know, I've said, I've said to you before. It's the same with Earth. Say it's Soul 3. And it's like, don't don't work like that. I love to joke about the weather balloons. Obviously a reference to Roswell and its yeah. cover-up. Um, great use of the line given to Picard from his brother and family. Oh, oh yeah, why? When he he's toasting to the future with Chancellor Durkin. Mm-hmm. It's a, a discussion about things like tradition versus science and progress. Mm-hmm. It's a, I like it. It's just a very odd episode, and I and I've said to Jamie, I can't stand that scene with Riker and that woman. I can't stand it. It's again, it's like yes, because she wanted to be in Star Trek, but I don't think this is a, if this was the episode to do it in mm. or the way to do it mm. I mean even even then that scene did ha- even that moment did actually have a point to it um, I think I noted it uh, through my in the sort of notes of this episode I said I've, I must write almost two pages for this episode um, oh, uh, yeah a light moment so I think I think that was quite nice you kind of needed that light moment in the episode but she goes we shouldn't fear the unknown we should embrace it so even then that episode that po- that moment actually actually had a point to it um but she's in the minority though so it fall- all falls on deaf ears that's that's the problem with it though what do you mean if you talk if you hear about you know all the other people in the hospital they're all afraid of him let's say beat him to death it's like what's it what's he um, doing mm, not all of them the, most of them are the, the, only, the other one I would say is but you need that other side to it you need the other side to it otherwise it doesn't quite work because it kind of it's but kind they're of, in the minority though that's the issue with it though and that doesn't mean their voices don't deserve to be heard does it no but <laughs> God. No, but it's saying about the majority of the population in there hmm but then you have obviously the other doctor. One's actually treating him. He he doesn't know what to think, but he's going to treat him because he's his patient. Um, what else did I get from? Uh, let's see, so yeah, as you said, good unique episode getting it from the Macorian's point of view. Um, uh, I think there was great performances from the whole cast as well. Um, I especially loved uh, Yale's reaction when she's on when she sees the sh- when she looks out the um, the window, sees her planet. It's just it's just a magical moment. I absolutely love that moment. Um, so, I th- and I think not just her kind of reaction, but also the music as well. Um, I think the main plot of Picard making first contact and kind of the subplot of Riker and Hustle blend and complement each other quite well. Um, again, it's again um, nice parallels in how the humans and Malkorians are like. So, like the drink Picard and Dirk can have. So, obviously, Peter tells Picard there's a similar drink on his world. Um, I also quite like um, how it ends that not everything is resolved so it keeps true to the idea of first contact being difficult and fits the character so Durkin obviously asks the Enterprise to leave and he wants to slow down the walk program and focus on the um, Marcorian's education and social development whilst Yao wants to kind of stay abroad the Enterprise um, I also found a really lovely parallel between this and family where where Picard looks to the future and his brother the past that that kind of really mirrors how Yao and um, oh, what's his name? Um, the the Chancellor, 
not the Chancellor, um, the, oh, what's his name? Uh, Minister Crowler. So he looks to the past while kind of Yao looks to the future. Um, as I said, there's just so many good things about this episode. And obviously you get onto the messages as well. So you've obviously you've covered quite a bit already. So, so the idea of um, the weather balloon, the idea of Roswell, um, fear of aliens being among us, which again, I think... Um, mirrors kind of the uh, the fear of MacArthurism in the 1950s so like there are Russian spies everywhere influencing American culture um, again the interesting distinctions between Dur uh, Chancellor Durkin Minister Crowley and uh, Marasta Yale so kind of how they're on the different ends of the political spectrum so the Chancellor's kind of in the middle trying to understand both sides and you've got obviously Yale looking to the future and Crowley the past um Obviously, it goes into the idea about first contact procedures with new species, and also quite. This is one other thing I really liked. It touches upon the methods of research that is used. So, kind of, again, this is more for me personally, but sociologists to gather information about society and the risk it entails. So, the enterprise obviously do surface reconnaissance and how that could kind of be seen. Um, again, the ideology, as you said before, about them being at the centre of their own universe. Um, the the Riker saw the story about the our paranoia the, the idea of being paranoid and being trapped as again which is what you said and we shouldn't fear the unknown we should embrace it so yeah there's a lot in that episode but I, I said I've I've always really enjoyed it but this kind of watching it through I, I said I love the episode but I said it's not quite there almost but but as you say it doesn't really have an impact on on any kind of future events but it's always an episode I've always really enjoyed so yeah for me that's kind of that, yeah that's one I kind of always kind of enjoy but but you know so I can understand your point of view. I can kind of see why you, you're not as keen on the episode so that's it's fair enough yeah um, that's what Star Trek's all about yeah yeah so you know as you say you again you I'm just being honest with my point of view and you so are you it's like mm. as you say you for liking it but you gotta accept that <laughs> no no, no. Just to say, it's that same data's day, and there's a few other odd episodes that I just sit there and go, I don't like them, I don't like the feel of them. There's one later on where I sit there and go, this isn't Star Trek, this isn't Star Trek at all. Mm. Um, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like I'm not, as, I'm not that fond of Final Mission, but you really like it. So again, it's fair enough. So, um, I, I got bits. It's just not that exciting. It's all stuff that I've said before, but mm. I can say them. Um, if you want, yeah, go for it. Go say for you it. covered an awful lot of it, Jamie. So it's up to you. You can if you want to. <laughs> uh, don't paint everyone with the same brush. Tell the truth. Don't jump to conclusions. Find out all the facts first. Um, and that's from their side rather than from Starfleet's. Honesty is the best policy. Everyone makes mistakes. Excellent mistakes happen. It's how we deal with them that's most important. The risks in everything we do. As life is un un unpredictable, all species have the same problems. The world does not revolve around you, and that even revolves around kind of the whole planet. Every government covers things up. It's very easy to misinterpret other people's actions. Guilt is a powerful thing. People are affected by the same thing in totally different ways, and there are always two sides to every story. And that kind of us discussing this episode shows that. <laughs> Um, Galaxy's Child. Yeah, I probably won't surprise you, but I'm putting this one up. Fair enough. And I know you won't be. But, uh, no, no. 
Um, yeah, do you want to read the synopsis for this one? You can. You want me to? Because I did, yeah. I did, I did the last one, didn't I? Oh, I do too. Okay. Okay, alright. Um, Jordi is delighted to welcome Dr. Brahms aboard the Enterprise, but the real Dr. Brahms is nothing like her holodeck alter ego. Meanwhile, the Enterprise inadvertently destroys a space creature and helps to deliver its newborn child with unexpected results. The Geki. Yes. Um, I enjoy this episode, um, but it's never been one that's... Again, it's not one I absolutely love. Now we get the other side of the coin, because it's, like it's one that you've never got, and it's one that I do get, so it's mm. very... Mm. Um, to be honest, and, and you know, watching through it again and kind of looking at it with a more objective eye, I, I do have a bit of an issue. But I, I think we both kind of do for this episode. But um, it we'll, is, but it we'll, raises interesting issues, though. It raises interesting does. things. So mm. it's not. It's yes. It's it, his Jordy's approach is a bit creepy, and we do both yeah. mention that. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to do that because I think it deals with interesting things. It's just kind of. As I've said numerous times, it's kind of coming clean and going, yeah, this is what's happened. Don't go and look at my internet history, but it's just like, well... Mm. Although I, I never liked the fact that she apologised to him at the end. It's like, well, you didn't do anything wrong. Your act, your act, your your reaction to the situation was proportionate. So No, okay. but she she was a jerk at the beginning. That's what she was apologising for. So they did both have something to apologise for. Mm. It's Again, it's all about... Um, that part of it, yes, but her apologising to his, her apologising to him for her reaction on the holodeck, no. But that no, part but that's of it, how it, yeah. that's how it came through. That's how it. It does make sense, Jamie. It really does. Um, welcome to another edition of, what is this redress redress set of? Gone. So, I, before we went into this, I went, no, we don't get a uh, battle bridge in this season. We do, by kind of extension. Because what do we re-see in this edition, in this episode? Drafting Room 6, which is a redress of the Battle Bridge. First seen in <laughs> Booby Trap. So we do see it. Um, and a nice reference to Booby Trap as well. I'd hope so. Yeah. Um, as I said before, the life forms are called the Geki in uh, Star Trek Online, and I think their design is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is something I thought of, which is really interesting. Are the Geki and Gumtu from Tin Man constructed by the same people? That thought crossed my mind as well, and I found that very, very interesting. Um, as I said before, Geordie's creepiness in this episode is on par with that of Devonardi Ra from the, the Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the way Riker starts calling in the baby Junior. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Where do they get that view from? Because I can't quite work that out because the shot's too high for it to be from a warp nacelle. Mm-hmm. When they're standing, when them, sorry, I mean Jordan and Leia are standing next to the Master's Situation Display Board, the MSD in Engineering, uh, you can see some of the in jokes put on them by the production team. Um, oh, this thing I thought was interesting. I'll get back to my little wine in a minute. Dr. Brahms is Geordie's equivalent of Minuet for Commander Riker. Mm-hmm, I can see that. That unattainable girl, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When they're dealing with the Caesarean section on the adult Geki, there's a shot shown on the side. Another special effect I wish they hadn't replaced, as I thought the original one was incredible. Replacement looks like looks too flat and artificial. Just, just why? Mm-hmm. Just, just honestly, why? 
And then there's a shot later on in this towards the end of the season where you sit there and go, yeah, why didn't you fix that? <laughs> you did it for another shot later on in the show, like in the like in later season, but you didn't do it in this episode. But again, I'll get onto that later. And you go, come on, guys, really? Yeah, drop the ball on that one. I I've always liked this episode. I just think it's a nice additional okay, additional part to Booby Trap. It's a nice bookend. Mm. It's kind of all about meeting your heroes and expectations and preconceptions, and I think that's, I think it's so, so important that you have to explore everyone experiences, mm. and I think it's such an interesting way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I said I think, um, and actually, what what I was saying about the reference to Bootchub, it's actually it's actually really good because there's a brief recap for the audience because Geordie tells Gunn about it. Um, One thing I, I didn't quite get is a bit in the holiday. Why wasn't there a representation of Geordie? Because surely that would have explained things downside better than just her being there. With like her side of the conversation. I've never quite got that. Yeah, that was a bit odd, wasn't it? Maybe maybe if they'd done that, maybe it wouldn't have come across as, as quite as creepy. Um, I think maybe it wouldn't have worked as well plot-wise, because it wouldn't have came across as too as creepy as then mm. kind of, oh, I can see why you, why this all happened. I mean, despite despite that part of it, I thought that the the, the performances and kind of the chemistry between um, Levar Burton and Susan Gibney's Barnes as their relationship kind of starts from conflict to mutual respect to the end was done quite well. Putting the whole Geordie creepiness aside, I think that was done quite well. And it gets referenced later on in Relics when they chat to Scotty about it all, which is mm. amazing. I love, I lo- and one thing, I, I don't know if you know, spotted this, but there's a lovely parallel between the two plots. So Brahms thinks of the Enterprise engines as her children, and the life form, the shipping characters, has a child, and the child thinking the Enterprise is its mother. And I thought there was a, a really clever kind of symbolic uh, allegory of enter the Enterprise ship being a mother and a child kind of thing. Mm, space nipples. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I never, I never realised that, James. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I've, I've just liked it. So, so it's, again, it's sheep geek, ship geekery as ever drives Jamie up the wall which is why it's like yeah and then obviously what's the last one about sociology and obviously he loves it so it's just kind of typical typical us it's like us down to a T just kind of our characters in two episode form so to speak and obviously what you said earlier about the whole again I like to kind of like a christening <laughs> and Dato asked you know Dato asked oh should we should we, should we, should we, should we um, christen it June yeah I just thought that was funny um, messages I that was a bit of improv I wonder but it's so well done and you get the look of like Dr Crusher going oh Dato aren't you being silly again well that's the thing sometimes sometimes you have it works really well when you have accidents that happen on set and they keep it in like um wolf's uh, combat yeah um and slightly off topic but and again i'm not so you like but only fools and horses when del boy falls through the bar um that wasn't actually meant when he's leaning against the bar and he falls through it that wasn't meant to happen but it was so funny that they kept it in but yeah anyway um uh yeah i think in terms of in terms of what I liked and dislikes, I think that that covers it. Um, I mess- found loads. I found loads in this one actually, but what? that's what you do. That's what we've learned. As you do this, if you don't like it, you won't find much. But if you love it, you'll find tons. 
and I think you'll find that I didn't find much for the last one, but Jamie did. Mm-hmm. So which means Jamie won't find a lot in this one, but I'll find loads in it. Um, what I got from it was a fantasy of what a person is will not always match the reality. So kind of you've got to kind of lower your expectations, as Geordie finds out when he's disappointed with Leah Brahms. Um, theory and application of a concept don't always go together. You can't always believe that the theory of something can be applied out in the field. And mother will do anything to protect her child so that when the life form attacks the Enterprise. So, yeah, that's what I got. I'm, I'm assuming you've probably got dozens more than me. <laughs> Treat people how you like to be treated. Tell the truth. Honesty is the best policy. Be true to yourself. Don't change yourself to appease someone else's wishes. Take responsibility for actions. Don't jump to conclusions. Find out the facts first. Because I think that's what she does. Mm-hmm. Don't have preconceptions. Um, don't interfere with other people's lives. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Everyone makes mistakes. No matter what you do, truth will always be found out. Excellence mistakes happen. It's how we deal with them that's most important. Delete your internet history, or in this case, holodeck history. <laughs> Never meet your heroes. Give credit wherever credit is due, which is something we always try and do on this thing. Um, don't give up so easy as solutions to every problem. It's very, it's very easy to misinterpret other people's actions. It's quite that quite, quite wide, wide spreading in this episode because it's like oh yeah, with like with. Leah Brahms and date uh, with Geordie and then with like Jackie and kind mm. of the situation yeah. with that. Guilt is a powerful thing, and be re- be realistic and fair. I just think the meanings and stuff behind it is just incredible. That I think it's so universal that I think it's well worth a watch, mm. even with the bit of creepiness. But it, to be fair to that, that's not even in this episode for that long. So. Mm-hmm. He's got to sit and bear bear with it for a few minutes and yeah, enjoy and, the show. And, and yeah, okay, it is apparent. Kind of, like I said you were comparing it to the price, but I think in the price, it's even. I think it's even more. I think it comes. It's. it's I think in this episode, it's a bit more subtle in Night Te- Night Terrors, in Galaxy's Child, whereas in the price, it's kind of it's blatantly it's right there in your face as well. Um, well, it, it's there's more. Um, Oh, so, uh, there's more like flesh in that one as well, so I don't mm. think in this one it's as bad because it's not no. as kind of, as you say, in your face. It's kind mm. of foot massages and crap. There's none <laughs> of that in this. So at least he keeps it reasonably um, so. low key. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Um, Night Terrors? Yep. I'll do next two because you did the last few episodes. Uh, I'm assuming we're both putting this up, Jamie. Uh, no. Uh, no? no. Really? No. no. Again, I'm. I've got. I had to be harsh. I do love this episode, but no. No. As I said to you, Jamie, before we got going, I've put up. I think. What did we say? Ten. Night ten. But yeah. as I do every year, I will probably narrow that that down to no, two no. or three. Again, so I do. It's not as bad as. I do love this episode, but again, I had to be really harsh of it, and it just. I just think there's no point. Mm. Not putting up if I don't like it, and it's mm. just like, well, like you know, most of them I'm not gonna just choose. So I might as well just go for how how I'm feeling, my honest opinion. Mm. This oh. is this worthy or not worthy, and mm. if it's worthy, I'll put it up. I don't really yeah. care whether it's too many or not. I don't really care. It's like, well, let's say normally <laughs> I do what seven, and I've done ten, and this is probably the most 
deserving series a season of next gen. So I don't think three's too bad. Three more overs. No, too horrendous. No. But I do, I do love this episode. But I just, again, it's just not one that was for me. I think part of it was it's so iconic that you can't. I couldn't not put it up. And I think mm. there's a few odd. I think lessons in that I quite liked as well. Mm. Um, on to the blurb. The Enterprise is mobilised by a dangerous national natural phenomenon, and members of the crew start the crew begin hallucinating, slowly edging towards some kind of madness. The drive to the derelict ship retains crew to kill themselves. Oh, this episode is just wonderfully creepy. Oh, the music as well is just oh, it's fantastic. As it goes, da 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 da. It's the music of it is just. No, that's that's um. That's booby trap. That one. Is it's it? Da, 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 oh, da. big! Oh, god, yeah, I've got it mixed up. Um, do you recognise the Bretagne from anywhere? Um, you should do. Isn't it? Um, it's not can't be the same ship as that, can it? It's not rich. Ask yourself, what is it? What does it look like? I'm probably wrong in saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It kind of reminds me of the USS Lantry from. Um... Yeah, yeah, same ship. It is the same ship. Redress of that one, but that's a redress of quite a famous ship from oh Star Trek Two. I thought it was that. Oh, so, oh right, okay. So I, I was. But right. you, you are right. Yeah, sure. Mm. That the Lantry is a redress of, of the Reliant. Mm. But yes, yes, it's the same ship. They just took the roll bar off the top and mm. re put it back on for Night Terrors. But yes. In a strange sort of way, you are right. But <laughs> the, it, the original model was reliant from Star Trek Two to try and get it round to what I was going on about. But yes, okay. you, you are right. Mm. You're getting better, Jamie. I'll give you Thank credit you. for that. And it is it like once like every year? So you haven't done badly. Um, I'll get on to one of my main problems with <laughs> a prop. Yeah, I, I'm the same as well. But this but is we'll we'll talk be. about that later. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, yes, yes. The chemicals listed are in-jokes and references to the production team. The yep. captain's chair on the Bretain is taken from Enterprise D's battle bridge, which is just hilarious. Um, I think the music in this episode is fantastic. It really adds to the feel of creepiness to the show. I love the mystery behind the aliens in this episode, as we learn absolutely nothing about them. And, oh, and this is a question I've always had. Where was Wolf being detained as it's never explained? Causing him to be late for the persuasion loan discussion. Where the mm. frick was he? Where? Mm. I found, as I said, and I think, you know, it's a very, and it's interesting seeing how the crew kind of deal, the, diff, the crew deal with how they deal with it. So, like, for humans, like for Riker and Picard, it's kind of losing their cognitive abilities, a lack of sleep, and then Wolf, it's kind of, he feels weak. I mean, that scene where he said it's it, suicidal feelings. It's yeah, just, which is just, it's, it's, it's really quite heartbreaking to kind of watch can I, can I talk about that awful prop yeah go for it side go for it i think Guinan's weapon from magnus 3 is one of the worst props ever produced in star trek history <laughs> what is that really what is it <laughs> oh it's this little thing i picked up from magnus 3 this is setting number one does anyone want to see setting number two <laughs> i just hate that prop i really do you've always had a beef for that haven't you oh 
Well, it's only for, what, 10 seconds, so... It is, but it's just so awful and plasticky <laughs> and resiny and... No. You could probably literally just snap it in half, couldn't you? Just literally crumble. It's just... It's like... Star Trek's really good at doing believable. Mm. That isn't believable. No. It's like... No, no. No. Um, and it's like... By the time we get to Redemption, then she's handling, like, a normal phaser. And you sit there going... Like, because that's, like, the phaser target thing mm. and you just sit and go well where was your magnificent <laughs> rifle now then huh I decided to change it um yeah so as you say brilliant music and I said that scene um brilliant oh, scene you mean so the, I... the morgue scene yeah oh, oh god so yeah. iconic yeah Beverly examined the bodies of the Britannica and they were kind of sitting up and oh that that just is so creepy and even Picard feeling trapped in the turbulent and screaming in terror just oh I said you know, Star Trek is not primarily a horror. It's a set, it's a sci-fi, but you do have episodes or elements and episodes of horror. And when they do it, it's done really, really well, really well. Um, just you know, excellent performances from all the cast. I think made it very believable what they're suffering with the hallucinations, the nightmares, and the erratic behaviour. Um, great, I think it's great use of the cast, especially Doctor Crusher, Data, and Troy, who is part of the solution. So kind of the, the the aliens are trying to communicate with Troy and through the dreams. So I think it's the fact she works out just like she mm. did in the Lost. She actually mm. figures stuff out for once, which is really good. Um, what else? Um, I I love the whole again. And actually, the concepts in it are actually quite different from what we've had the rest of the season. So the concepts of dream and sleep deprivation. So uh, uh, REM, which is rapid eye movement, and the side effects. Um, as you say it's just a really iconic episode and it just everything just works really quite nicely even even like the scene with Wolf where he's only in a couple of you only see his torment in a couple of scenes really works quite nicely and just kind of seeing him broken down as kind of a warrior just yeah he goes I am I I am weak I cannot fight it it's just really quite just heartbreaking to kind of see and it's kind of and Diana kind of has to help him doesn't she um I'm trying to think uh uh, messages um, it's a terrifying prospect to lose control of one's mind so that's a quote from Picard so it taps into the idea of mental health and how it affects the mind if, if sleep and dream deprived um, the idea of kind of dreams telling us something about a lot about ourselves and a way of communication so where Diana kind of was it the concept of directed dreaming yeah. uh, getting enough sleep is crucial to your physical and mental well-being and to admit you're afraid gives you strength. So Dan is saying that to Wolf when he tries to kill himself. Um, so those are kind of the messages that I got from the episode. I didn't do too badly in this one. Life is there to challenge us physically or mentally. There's no excuse to revert to violence. If you need some support dealing with something, ask for it. Never give in to fear. Teamwork's an important part of life. Surrender, uh, su uh, uh, suicide is never an option under any circumstances. Sometimes the simplest things are the most effective. All species face the same problems. Help can come from most unlikely sources. Make sure you get plenty of sleep as it's essential. Mental health is just as important as physical health. Every problem has a solution. You have to be willing to earn things to survive. People are affected by the same thing in totally different ways. And it's very easy to misinterpret other people's actions. And obviously, of course, it has... And of course, you know, it's an episode where they have, you have to have at least one person that's immune to the effects, obviously Data, because Data said 
it doesn't need to sleep, so it's definitely affecting. But as, and as Picard says, you know, we might have to count on you for our very survival. It's like, you know. Um, I said, yeah, I've said I've always loved the episode, um, but I said being this year kind of is about to be harsh. So, as much as I would love to put it up, um, there are just other episodes which I just I said I preferred more. But yeah, again, definitely see why you put that up. So, definitely. Um, is there anything more to say about that one? Not really. Uh, I didn't see Crisis. Um... Starfleet officers include Geordie LaForge who invests in mysterious migration and explorers to the planet Tarkana 3 are beginning to mutate into alien life forms and migrate to the planet themselves. Okay, yeah, that happened. Um, this is a really, really good Geordie episode. Um, it's interesting. I didn't quite know what to make of it again. Uh, to be honest, I literally didn't really get much. In terms of like the Maul's messages and meanings, I literally didn't get I think I got one thing from it. I really Oddly enough, I did quite well. Yeah, I struggled with ever. this one. I struggled with this one. Um, I think it's quite an intriguing setup of the mystery of what happened to the disappearing crew members. And I think um, Geordie and Susan have a really nice brother and sister relationship. Chemi- like, uh, yeah, chemistry. yes, and go, Geordie, why didn't you date her? Hmm? <laughs> um, good performances from LeVar Burton and uh, Marianne Plunkett as Susan. Um, I, I love the effects and makeup when you see the transformation. Yeah, that's I what that... I was going to say again. Michael Westmore, incredible. Mm. Um, oh, there's old bits that you probably aren't aware of. Um, I love the fact the way Doctor Crusher calls Data out and being concerned about Geordie. Mm-hmm. Return of the med equipment first in the shades of grey. So the the head needles I put it, but it's actually called the neural stimulator. Uh, LA disc jockeys, uh, Brian Phelps and Mark Thompson, Matt played two of the Tarkanan three aliens. They interviewed Jonathan Frakes, Marina S. Gates, McFadden, and Michael Dawn for their radio talk show, The Mark and Brian Show. And Marina S. doesn't actually appear in the episode, but I can't see why she would need to. And Commander Reichel's off and command at the USS Ares in the Icarus Factor. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the other crew members was on that ship. Yeah. Before they changed. That's why that's in there. It's not random. I didn't just go. Yeah, it's a random fact. <laughs> yeah, I think for some, what you say about Deanna not being in it, I think sometimes that's that's all right. If you, if they don't need the character for the episode, you don't use them. So they don't always need to be in it. Um, I also quite liked um, the nice use of light on the holodeck and find out what was going on. So especially like using light to kind of locate Geordie on the surface. Yeah, it doesn't work though. If you've got an invisible object, it's not going to cast no. a shadow. Um, and I also really like the um, the kind of the role reversal of Geordie and Susan. So at first he's kind of competent in helping her at first, but then that kind of then it switches round at the end when she has to help him. So I thought that was quite quite a nice kind of role reversal throughout the episode. Um, Literally, all I got in terms of the messages was um, one. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, one of the things I really did like as well the fact this life form it wasn't malevolent. It was. It was just it, that was what it did. It said it introduces a DNA strand into the host and it transforms their DNA to match its own. It wasn't being malevolent. It's just that's the way the life form was. Did you that, know Picard screwed them? Hmm. By kind of telling people don't go here ever again. Do you know they're probably going to be extinct? Extinct now. 
very good point. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to wonder that Beverly Crash is going to be quite busy because she's also going to get these things out of I don't know the entire way team, which is going to be an awful lot of people now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's Picard's killed another species. Hey, brilliant! <laughs> Not very Star Trek. But it doesn't matter. It's kind of out of sight and out of mind because we can't see them, so it doesn't matter. I know, maybe just, gonna... why not go the whole shebang to blow the whole bloody planet up while you're at it? Just <laughs> like, why not? We don't care anyhow. It's like, oh dear. Um, so what? what you know, mess- I'd love to see the look on their faces. Oh wait, no, we can't. Well, you would have thought they would. Maybe they, again, I know it's time in the episode. Blah blah blah. But they're not going to put like biscuit out and try and herd them back in, are they? Going to go? Well, no, we'll it's look t- after you. Was try- yeah, it's trying to find a solution that doesn't involve, oh, let's just leave them all there and then they'll sit down and get extinct. But hey, you know. Yeah. Maybe they should have done a follow up episode, I don't know. Um, next one. Oh, no, sorry. Messages. Did you- what messages did you get? Sorry. I didn't do too badly, as I say. I, just, I say, if I, I have a certain number that seems to fit everything. So you need to look back at your old notes and just kind of go, that applies, that applies, that applies. Mm. Save an awful lot of time. Just, just a tip, Jamie. Um, life is there to challenge us physically or mentally. mentally. Be true to yourself. Yeah. Don't change yourself to appease someone else. Don't jump to conclusions. Find out all the facts first. Treat others the way you like to be treated. Is that in there? No. Okay. Damn. Is there, that, that one actually <laughs> doesn't apply in this one. Treasure time you have with friends and family. You never know when time with them will be gone. Because it's like some were ill, some weren't ill, and they just vanished. Accidents like happen, it's how we deal with them that's important. It's just everything we do, life is unpredictable. Be yourself, don't try to be someone you're not. People change naturally over time. There we are, that doesn't get happen that often, but there's another one. Don't give up so easy, there's a solution to every problem. No matter your background, we're all mortal. Everyone gets nostalgic about the past. Oh, there you are, that doesn't happen that often. Every problem has a solution. People are affected by the same thing in totally different ways. Because they all had different effect, like ways they um, reacted to the transformation. Mm-hmm. I say some were all, some weren't. You have to be willing to do anything to survive, mm. and that's that. So yeah, I, I say I don't do so too badly, but I say I have a set number which is kind of always appear. So it's like just change what it means for that episode, and I'm good to go. So yeah, I, I know it's a bit of a. Um, a bit of a cheat but it works and say so when you've been doing this for quite a while you run you out of steam you, you need really to you need, you need to make you need to do it in order to make life just a little bit easier um but, and, the, and that's the thing with them all they're all appropriate i haven't just kind of shoved them in there because oh i've got to put something in there they yeah. all they are all in there mm. and yes i i know there's probably more Stuff that it's what we always say. It's like I come up with some of it, but Jamie comes up with the other half of it. So if I don't come up with new stuff, Jamie will no doubt come up with it. Mm. I kind of hit most of the basic stuff, and I say I feel like I cover most basis from what I come up with. And I think by this point, I think a catchphrase. I think most of season three was samey, samey, samey. But that's Mm. Star Trek for you, kind of. I, I will try, but it's very difficult getting into this thing and going, what am I doing again? How does this work again? 
And it's like, it's very scary when you're on page one and you've got 26 episodes to go and you go, oh dear God, I've got enough time to do it all. So, well, yeah. Well, like I said, I started too early this year, but hey. <laughs> yeah, there's a surprise. Yeah. Oh, well. You've never oh. done that before, have you, Jamie? No, but yeah, I feel like, like, I feel like, like I've done year. fine. I feel like I've done fine in terms of remembering stuff. I think I've done quite well. No, it's, it's fine if, as long as you're happy. It's just I just worry that I couldn't do it. But <laughs> if it's for you, good on you, Jamie. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's just... I know. Um, the nth degree. Um, I think it's my turn now, isn't it? I'd hope so. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I've just got to move my uh, mouse down on my screen. Um, shortly after ner- nervously performing a scene from a play, Barkley is assigned to accompany Geordie on an examination of an alien probe. But after being scammed, the probe somehow sinks with Barkley out to receive a massive mental upgrade. Uh, I've always enjoyed this episode. It's a great episode. I've always liked it. Um, I, I don't know. Do you like this one, Sire? I've never been quite sure about this one with you. Yeah, I've always liked it. It's one yeah. you can just shove on whenever you feel like it. Don't mm. know what to watch. Nothing too taxing. Mm. Um, yeah, I had an awful lot of fun looking through this one. Um, uh, first time we see the Argus Array. Yeah. So, oh, what were the race called? Cytherian. So, yeah. Probe is later reused and re- redressed and reused as the pup probe seen in the. Nick, uh, Deep Space Nine episode The Forsaken uh, I like the fact that they build on Dr. Crush's interest in the arts with her acting class uh, from like dancing in Data's Day yep. the chair Barkley sits on in the holodeck is the same one used by Kim Peck in Reunion and Goldmorax in The Wounded and it won't be the last time we hear it so if you hear me talk about chair it's this one and I'll probably try and ask Jamie about it um, I love the special effect of the Enterprise doing a three-point turn or a full-about turn as well. I've always loved that shot. It's a really good shot of the, the model of the ship. This is a bit obscure, but I've always loved it. Was Ensign Browler, played by David Colburn, having problems with his uniform? He's got, got a really untidy codder. It really is a bit funny. Um, I always thought Lieutenant Linda Larson was quite cute. And she was played by Saxon Trey Trainer. We always do that every year, so I thought I'd actually do one. There's always a cute woman in there somewhere, yeah. The Cythorium was played by K.E. Cuter, who went on to play. Oh, I don't know his name. S I R A H in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode, The Storyteller. It's oh, that, that guy, yeah. The guy who says, oh, is he the one who's he's, he's the actual the only real person, isn't he? No, the, the storyteller, Jamie. You know that one. Oh, yeah, the um, the Sarah, yeah. You know, the, the the storyteller guy, that guy. Yeah. The beardy one, that one. I think you mean the, the Sarah, the Sarah, yeah? Yeah, that one then, yeah. yeah. Poor Chief yes. O'Brien. <laughs> but it's the same guy, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, um, that's all the notes I've got for it. Uh, again, um, I love Data's facial reaction with confusion and distaste of Barclay's acting in the opening scene. I thought that was brilliant. Um, great character development for Barclay and seeing his confidence continue to grow and seeing how his intelligence and confidence surges after the probe zaps him and he turns into a supercomputer. Um, 
Nice use of Deanna's character. She cancels and praises Barkley and how far he's coming in, in conquering his social anxiety and the fact he's interacting more with the crew. I, I really, this is a really nice moment. I like the way Buckley asked out Deanna. It could have come across as quite cringy and sleazy, but it comes across as quite charming and respectful. Um, especially kind of highlight this later when Riker asked, what was he successful in making a pass that, uh, when Riker kind of asked Deanna and she smiles slyly at him, I thought that was great. So that whole scene I thought was done really quite nicely. Um, again, superb performance by Dwight Schwartz's Barkley. Um, I love the clever use of the kind of the trope that normally involves kind of a hyper intelligent person being coming almost godlike and they're normally quite cold disconnected um but it's kind of they all more come across more as benevolent but malevolent that they, they they may end up benevolent but they become they're more depicted as malevolent so i think this episode kind of gives us a nice balance when whilst barkley's actions seem hostile at the time they end up actually being totally innocent in the long run um and yeah again a nice simple a nice simple a nice oh god my words a simple a nice solution that the Cytherians are explorers like we are but the diff, but, but the difference is they bring people to them and this episode imperfectly embodies the ideals of of modern British vision of Star Trek um Jamie did you ever consider that Voyager could probably come home via them and they would kind of only have to go halfway and then they would get like like get thrown back to Federation space um, it didn't occur to me during the episode, but now that you bring it up, it's very interesting. Because they're in the centre of the galaxy, so presumably if you just go straight to the um, centre of the galaxy from the Elder Quadrant and go, hello, and then recognise us, and then you need to go, shoop, and then you yeah, get yeah. back at Federation space. That would have been mm. sensible, that would have been easy, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, a lot easier. <laughs> um, ideas got from it, obviously, there are different ways to explore, and the exchanging of ideas and knowledge... Um, and that, it, and kind of the idea of super intelligence and being gifted. It's not what what we receive that is important. So, but it's how we. So basically, it's how we use it. So, um, the kind of our abilities don't define who we are, but how we how we kind of how we use it. Kind of our choices that we make. Um, yeah, that's basically what I got from it. What What about you in terms of the messages? Uh things you've heard a million times do you want to say them human brain mind including imagination is our greatest asset don't swander it and your potential treat people how you like to be treated take responsibilities for reactions don't jump to conclusions find out the facts first anything's possible if you put your mind to it actually I think it's the first time I've said that in this this year you only live once anything's possible that one YOLO be yourself, don't try to be someone you're not. Power corrupts, absolutely. Help can come from the most unlikely sources. Don't give up so easy, there's a solution to every problem. No one is more important than anyone else. There's risks in everything we do, life's unpredictable. Every problem has a solution, every decision we make has consequences. It's very easy to misinterpret people's actions, and that's everything. So Sorry. it's the same old things, same. but it's in a different combination again. Yeah. But yeah, so I didn't mean to didn't mean to repeat what you were no, saying. No, it's just getting it's annoying after a while. <laughs> I know you know, but it, it's a bit distracting. That's all. Sorry. <laughs> you wouldn't like me doing it. Hmm? You wouldn't like me doing it. True. True. It kind of reminds me when um, Phil used to get annoyed when we were watching episodes together. We'd, we'd do the quotes. We'd do the quotes of the characters. Kind of like 
whatever it was. Um, anything else to say about that one? It's a good episode because I want to throw them when you have no yeah. idea what to put on. But, but it's not a favourite contender. Um, next episode, Cupid. I like that episode. Yeah. Is that another one? I didn't get much for it, but I like it. Is that one you're? Is that one you're putting up? I would have said. Okay, big problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cupid's again really fun episode. Um, again, this is one of the ones that again just needed in this season. Big, <laughs> just uh, earlier. Yes. Um, because I say it's you get a stash of a few funny ones, mm-hmm. and then you get an odd like odd odd episodes at the end, and you get odd ones at the beginning. So you got this really odd season where it's like. It's like Marmite, and you get like great beginning, and it gets a bit odd in the middle, and it goes funny again. And then it's a really odd season I found. It's mm. like, make up your mind what you want to try and do with it. It's like, oh. so you just get into this bit where you go, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying these episodes, and then you get into this bit where it's like, oh god, not these set of episodes. <laughs> and it's just like this. It's like this bit I'm quite happy with. It's like I had a. Um, DVD set and a green set I think it's 20th, 20th, 20th anniversary edition and it had a disc where it was just like Greatest Hits album which is kind of season 4 it was just like Night Terrors Identity Crisis Degree and Cupid I think it was and he just said again yeah that's I love that disc that got that got so much use I think <laughs> and then you get on to other ones and it's like oh god I can't wait to get through them yeah. <laughs> As I said, with the season reviews, you've got to watch every episode, even the ones you don't like. Um, it's your turn, I think, synopsis, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Picard is reading a speech and is surprised to find that Vash is present at the presentation. She and Picard seem to be able to agree on nothing, which catches the attention of Q, who sends crew, Vash, and even himself into the Sherrod Forest. Fun one, I quite enjoy it. So oh, yeah, it's... It's not, uh, you know, diddly squat for it, but it's hilarious. So it's great fun. God, yeah. I mean, I, I quite like the fact it's um it's centered around Picard giving an archaeological speech, which is one of his passions, and it's a clever way of bringing Vash back from Captain's holiday. Again, great performance from the whole cast, especially uh, Stuart, John Delancey, and Jennifer Hetrick plays Vash. Um, the scene, uh, the scene with Picard, Vash, and Beverly in his quarters as they're as they're introduced, and his awkwardness. Especially when Vash finds out that Picard never mentioned her to his crowd, I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, and some of the one-liners as well, like um, when Vash, when Wolf, when Wolf uh, looks at Vash and goes, "Nice legs for a human," and then Q beating Picard in his uh, Q uh, greeting Picard in his room, John Luke, it's wonderful to see you again. How about a big hug? And then Wolf saying, "Sir, I protest, I am not a merry man." I will not play the fool for curious amusement and just yeah and then when Wolf breaks the ukulele against the tree that Geordie's no playing. it's not a ukulele Jamie get it right what is it then if you no you're the one that told me you watch it with subtitles and they do actually say what it is in it Ma- Mandalon Mandalon M-A-N-D-O-L-I-N Okay, then I've got an issue with the subtitles on that episode because I swear when I watched it, it said ukulele. That's not a ukulele at all, Jamie. Ah, oh, well. That's common sense, Jamie. Well, you know, Mitt. That's no ukulele. What is it ukuleles called again? Ukuleles are like mini uh, guitars. 
It was kind of no... small. But God, yeah, what was it called? It's not a guitar though. God, what was it called? What was it called? Mandol mandolin. M A N D O L I N. I've had a day in my notes since, so I know. But it's not a ukulele. All right. Do, do you know what that's a reference to? What? What? When he says what? When he breaks when it. When he smashes. Yeah. Do you know what that's a reference to? Um. Is it a previous Star Trek episode? No. But my, I'm vaguely recalling it's a reference to something, but I'm not quite sure what. Wall smashing Geordie's instrument against the tree is a reference to a famous guitar smashing scene from the film called Animal House from 1978. Oh, okay, I must have been thinking, I was thinking of something else, but fair enough. I, I dread to think. Um, <laughs> the exterior castle shots were taken in Alinwick Castle, which is in the UK. Although all the male actors sword fight in this episode, all the female a actresses were already trained in sword fighting, but they resorted to smashing plant pots over people's head, <laughs> which I really don't get. No. It's a clever way of referencing Captain's Holiday and Deja Q, uh, a precursor to the Deep Space Nine episode Q-less. Mm -hmm. And this also occurred to me, I think the plot is very reminiscent of a season one Q episode. Like the fan fantasy Robin Hood world, like the one where he gives Riker cure abilities, it's that sort of thing. A yeah. Kind of... So that was a bit weird. It's like, okay, why are we going back to season one for our plot, like story arc, storylines? It's like, okay. Um. Yeah, I said there's other things. Well, I said the, the, the production. It's not a ukulele. It's no, it's not. Um, the production values. I love the production. It's a ukulele. I'm sorry. I'm saying it's, it's a ukulele. Not. It's a ukulele. I'm it's sorry. Not. I'm saying it's a ukulele. Lovely production values for the recreation of Sherwood Forest. <laughs> I'm only teasing you. Sorry. Um, you need well, to go to the opticians. I don't wear glasses, so. Maybe you do. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, well, that's a, that's a good point. If when I put a pair of glasses on, my vision doesn't get all blurry, so it'd be kind of pointless. It'll probably I'll probably mistake it for something else, like a piano or something. Um, yeah, no. I lost my train of thought now. Um, well, <laughs> I thought the ending was really quite cool. With Ash going off to adventure with Q, it works quite nicely. It's showing you have similar personality traits. Yeah, so, that ended well. Yeah, um, I also thought it was quite a nice touch with Picard making Q pay off his debt by guaranteeing Bash's safety, which I thought was quite cool as well. Um, the messages I got from it: um, a captain does not reveal his personal feelings to his crew, especially in romantic relationships. So, kind of again, it's down your objectivity and your kind of your desire for privacy. Um, love can make you vulnerable, but it's worth the risk. Um, I also found. Um, when Vash says that's the problem with being a well-known liar even when I'm telling the truth no one will believe me so it kind of links to the idea of the story of the boy who cried wolf which I thought was quite cool um, and you should not shut up your feelings you should, you should acknowledge and face them not hide away whether it's love or otherwise so that's that's what I got from from the episode yeah what, um, what about you? yeah Jamie that's what I've got oh you can't reread it it won't work no I say lots of the same. I didn't really get much 
interesting stuff for it. Be true to yourself, don't change yourself to please someone else's wishes. Take responsibility for your actions, honesty is the best policy. Uh, truth will always be found out. You only live once, YOLO. Anything's possible if you put your mind to it. Risks everything we do, life's unpredictable. Don't try to be someone you're not. There's solutions to every problem. It's very easy to misinterpret other people's actions, so it's like Picard not telling anyone. Don't manipulate people, it never ends well. Treat people how you like to be treated. It's just same old, same old. It's just, it's a fun episode, but there's not meant to be much meaning in it. No, there's not really much depth, much in the way of the three M's, but sometimes it's not always necessary. Um, the drumhead. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely putting this one up. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah. Um, After, apparent, after an apparent sabotage of the Enterprise's warp drive, Starfleet sends Admiral Satie to investigate the possibility of a Klingon faction cooperating with Romulans. But Satie goes beyond that, accusing Picard of aiding both the Romulans and the Borg. If there ever was an episode to look at the idea of conspiracy, conspiracy and the paranoia that stems from it, this is the episode to watch. Absolutely fantastic. Um, That's mainly down to Gene Simmons' acting. Oh, God, yeah. Her performance is absolutely superb. As I was saying to Jamie a few weeks back, I think it actually might have been a few days ago, it's on a par with um, Umbridge and Kai Wynn. Like oh, yeah. From Harry Potter and Umbr- um, Kai Wynn and Deep Space Nine. It's just incredible acting. For you to sit there and go, I hate this woman. I don't know why, but I hate yeah. her. Mm. Um... I mean, you know, this, oh God, I mean, just the things about this episode. I mean, it refers to past events, so like conspiracy from season one, which Admiral Satie actually investigated, which I thought was quite cool. Day to day, best of both worlds, Wolf's discommendation from Sins of the Father, and obviously the Canons conspiring with the Romulans. So, um, I actually thought. Um, uh, the other good performances from this episode as well was um, Spencer Garrett as crewman Simon Tarsis and well, Patrick Stewart. I mean, the, 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 the speech that Picard gives at the end, absolutely fantastic. Um, I thought it was quite a clever method using the syringe to gather the top secret information. So, it trans- so the Klingon exobiology um, guy, Jadan, he transforms, he tra- the syringe he uses transforms computer information into biological sequences which I just thought was just really quite a cool and clever concept um, again great character development for the guest character so Satie as we find out that her father was a judge which 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 is what kind of drives her to who she kind of is and also Tarsis as well we find out his, um, his Vulcan grandfather is actually a Romulan um, I thought it was quite a really nice scene between Picard and Tarsis as they have tea together in Picard's quarters where he gets to know him. Um, again, interesting in-depth morals, messages and meanings, which are still really relevant today, even though this is an episode from, like, 1991. So, I mean, yeah, it's just... Oh. Um, did you want to say... Uh, I'd like to say something, yeah. Would you also say... Sorry, <laughs> do you want to say what you liked? I was just about to say. <laughs> sorry, you know me. When I really love an episode, I'll just go into a rant. Go for it. What did you like about it, Sorry. <laughs> Well, do you recognise the USS Cochrane? Do you know what it's a reuse of? No. No, dear God. <laughs> uh, it's just along the same lines as the Reliant and the 
Britain. It's the reuses of Grossum from Star Trek 3, Jamie. Just, yeah. Star Trek 3? Yeah. Well, considering I've not seen that for a one while, I think I can be forgiven for not remembering. The Snowbirth ship. You know, there's only yeah. one of them. Mm -hmm. They stick out like a sore thumb, Jamie. Uh, are there any other redresses in the episode? By by a matter of chance, yes, there is. You can you imagine what the courtroom is made from? Well, I think it is. Um, didn't you? What, what am I always referring to, Jeremy? The battle bridge. Mm. Oh, it's a re it's a redress of that as well. God. Okay. Um, Earth Station McKinley's reference back to best of both worlds and family. Yeah. The ship was repaired after after the events of that. Um, I said this to Jamie a few weeks back and I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, did anyone else notice that one of all security officers is called Ensign Kellogg? <laughs> when he's assigning um, assignments for them. So like lists of relatives, associates, assignment, uh, associate school friends, assignment tasks and whatever. Mm. Go and listen back to it. To say Ensign Kellogg. Okay, whatever. Um... Interestingly, the Admiral's assistant uses an engineering red pad to take notes on the record. Uh, said that one. I love the observation uh, scene between Captain Carr and Wolf at the end of the episode. As Wolf re um, uh, realises what has what has he's done throughout the episode, aiding Admiral Satie. I just, oh, I just love the way it's kind of, what the hell have I done? Yes, because it can't obviously... It kind of, as you say, when it's coming along, he goes, Sir, the Federation does have enemies. We must seek them out. And he goes, oh, yes, that's how it starts. The line, the line from legitimate suspicion to outright paranoia is much much spinner than we think. I don't like what we're becoming. It's like, oh, It's an episode yeah. that really sp talks to me. Oh, yeah. Everything that's happened in real-life events has kind of really talked to me. And you know? so, as I say, it's like, I had to go up. I don't really care. It's like... You know, kind of jump into conclusions. Thing, it's like no, actually, things aren't quite what they appear. You know, it's just just an incredible thing. Just kind of sometimes there is nothing there to find. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you're investigating the wrong person. You know. As as you were saying, Jamie, it's like paranoia and um, conspiracy. It's just like it's just a really well thought out episode. It's so. Like, it's not one if you want a light-hearted episode. Oh god, oh, no! no. It's, a, it's a really well thought-through episode, and I say it's at least unlike the next episode. It's not cruelly um, underrated. It's at least people mm. know it exists, unlike the next one. Mm. But it's oh, just incredible. It's just so well done, and the pacing in it's oh, just, the pacing in it's perfect. It really is perfect. And it, you know, it's, you know, occasionally when you have Star Trek episodes, there's always a moment where, it's, oh, it's a bit of filler. It doesn't mean really, every part. Every... And, and this one's hugely wordy, and that's a clever mm. thing to do to make it not seem too bad. When yeah. it could just slog on. There's other ones where you just sit there going, "Come on, get on with it. Come on, I know what's going on. Get on with it." Versus this one, it's kind of, "Where's this going to go next?" You don't quite know, do you? It's you know, it's just a, oh, I know. Actually, there's another thing. There's a, it's. A, Typical Star Trek thing. What happens when that other Admiral appears? You get a stock shot of the the Excelsior or Excelsior class ship uh, rendezvous with Enterprise. It's that shot again. 
I, I gave up mentioning it because it's kind of comes a bit trivial after a few seasons, but that's in there as well while you're at it. <laughs> it's just, it's just a you know, Star Trek at its best. It's kind of oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I said, and the fact that this episode was done in 1991, yet it's still relevant today. It's just even, it's just oh, brilliant. And, you know, some other episodes, you know, kind of what I do in my Christmas meanings, kind of. Are good that I say them at least, but in this one they actually make perfect sense and actually suit what I what I'm saying. I don't I don't know what I mean, but they make perfect sense. They kind of Jeremy, can you try and do you know what I mean? I think yeah, I know I what you mean. Know. Yeah, yeah, no, I it's, think I know. I think I know what you mean. It's not just <laughs> putting them down because I can. They actually yeah, they do fit the episode really well. Yeah. Not that I don't for any other episode, but I think the meaning and intention why I do them makes sense. I don't know. Hmm. Let me just say something. Um, I'll, do you want me to do my messages? What I got from it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you obviously you've got political and social commentary on the government's mechanism, uh, machinations, and how we can fall victim to the paranoia that develops when mistrust is placed by faith in people. So, for example, we were told by Tony Blair and George Bush that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction which was a lie that started the war kind of and obviously the fear that the media can kind of stir up of, of, of Islam oh god I'm terrible uh, of Islamist phobia so in the wake of 9-11 so it's very reminiscent kind of of that um, the idea of um, how people are willing to trade liberties in the name of security so kind of um, uh, the idea camps and stuff like that isn't it so what's that concentration camps and... oh yeah um, so kind of things like that um, and I think this is kind of mirrored in the episode when Worf wants to interview Tars' friends and, and set up a lie detector test and when Admiral Satie suggests restricting his movements um, Gotta talk to Henson Kellogg yep. That's the one to talk to <laughs> Also, For because your serial needs yeah. <laughs> um, I've run out of serial Henson Kellogg, could you get me some more please Um I found they're a bit serious, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, it talks about obviously the drum heads. <laughs> huh? Don't worry. Oh. Um, it talks about um, the drum head. Uh, oh, God. I'm terrible with <laughs> my bloody words today. The drum head refers to a trial where uh, mili- military officers would up in the drum and dispense uh, summary justice, so decisions were quick, punishment severe, and appeals denied. Um, no, Picard said it. Yeah, he did. And if, if people watched it, they know they heard it. Yeah. So, I oh know I'm just summarising it. Um, just no, no, because... you're repeating what Picard said. It's yeah, like nothing new. I mean. That's what I mean. Just because. I'll tell you my worst stuff. I can't. Uh, uh. Anything just be... else we saw that you're going to re- summarise? No, 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 no. No, just, just that? Just because someone has the bloodlines of an enemy in their veins, it doesn't mean that they are guilty. Mm. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court. Yeah, before. that's what I didn't like about them. And it's the same with Wolf. Wolf gets thrown under the bus for no apparent reason either. What I love is Picard's quote, which just sums up the whole episode. With the first link, the chain is forged, mm. first speech censored, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied, chains us all irrevocably. The first time any man, any man, so referring to Tarsus Freeman's children, we're all damaged, and obviously yeah, again, I, just, I love that line. It's such a so well written that mm. you could, you know you could probably say that in the field of court. I, I'm sure I wouldn't let like try it, 
but I think it's such a well thought through statement that it would get people thinking and I think it and the other odd thing about that is it's true scaringly enough it's Mm. true and it's just like oh you know humanity really are you kidding me like we go you know don't this thing exists, still exists, and people have to go through this sodding thing just for. Mm-hmm. just because someone's not happy with what's going on or whatever. It's just kind of. it's because of the status quo. It's, yeah. it's sad. It really is sad that mm-hmm. I've, I'm have i in a, a position of power. I can treat whoever I like, however I like. It's like, no, that's never a good place to get yourself into. No, no. You know, that's that's why I kind of pride myself being hopefully down-to-earth and kind of being fair and objective and try not to take too much for granted and as you being say, as it's, honest as I can be. And... It's, as you said before, Si, you said you've... you've, you've you kind of said the values and kind of principles that Star Trek has kind of hints at. You try and said you try and apply to your daily life, don't you? I try to. I mm. I, I admit sometimes I do. I don't do it properly, and I still fall into the twenty first century traps that I think we all do. I say one of them. I, I always try and not do. It's a very masculated world, isn't it? Mm. So your innate thing is to say he did that or that sort of thing when surely it's probably best not to presume that it's a he yeah. you have to sort of say they that, that is actually that. Saying, it's that, that sort of thing it's interesting that you bring that up because that actually is one of the, the problems I have with a, a episode we're going to do shortly the host but I'll get on to that I'll get on to that when we do it so um, it's an episode that I absolutely yeah. love because it's a brilliant episode in here but the things behind it are just so Frustrating that it's like because it parallels real life so frighteningly similar. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Mm. More and obviously, so than ever, it's just like in the world mm. we live in, people are kind of this it's, all world's world rolls around me. I don't think I put it in there, but it's the world rolls around me. I don't agree with what what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have an argument with you now for no apparent reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, we don't like you. So, well, it's Romland. Does it matter? Mm. Not yeah, really. And... He's done nothing wrong. Sure, exactly. he lied a bit, mm. but and as Picard said, that will haunt him. He for the does rest his, of his job. Life. Yeah, it's mm. like no need to be thrown through mud for what is essentially a white lie, mm-hmm. but a white lie that's got blown bloody out of proportion. It's like you know, oh well, he may have had a, a help sabotaging the ship is there any evidence no well we'll assume there is and it'll probably be him well he's got a Roman ancestry there we go well damn you now for it oh it's just oh, bloody woman but again Gene <laughs> Simmons just and that's the interesting couldn't thing, be it? any couldn't have chosen someone better for the job you really couldn't because that's the thing, kind of, you know, just because they have the bloodlines of it doesn't mean that they are. And, you know, you shouldn't assume it. And, oh, and, but as you say, this is the sort of thing that's happened before. I mean, look at um, Balance of Terror. Look at the way that that officer reacted to Spock. Oh, he's Vulcan. That's Sarah Anderson's style. Yeah, oh, he's Vulcan. Oh, he's sharing a common ancestry. Oh, he must be a, he must be a Romulan. It's like, no, 
He's not. This is just making my life harder for trying to choose one. I think I know uh, what they are, but it's just trying to choose between um, I think two. And the, the other, the other, the other message I got, which is your old age is one of don't trust admirals. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot about that. And you said that a few yeah. days ago. And damn, yeah, I missed that one. But yeah, it's... don't trust admirals. <laughs> I didn't. I think part of the thing is I, I missed it, but I didn't think it quite fitted with this one. Normally, when yeah. you say that, it's more. Because like, not every not it's thing like is not Jav Javison, like in season one, where it's like, sure, you both have weapons, have fun. Whereas in this, it's more kind of. She's more sneaky, which is oh yeah, it's yeah. sure it's still bad, but it's not well, on the same level as causing people to die. It's more imprisoning. Sure, it's bad, but it's not as kind of genocide or of the whole planet. So that's partly why I don't think I put it. But yeah, I can I can see why you, why you put that down, Jamie. And good on you for catching it when I didn't. Thank you. <laughs> um. So um, what messages did you get then from the episode? I got mostly the same ones I have done throughout the whole thing. But again, they've got a lot, lot of meaning in this one than they do in any other. Don't contradict yourself. You never know when it might cause problems. As I say, it's kind of all about this law, and then she starts going, oh, no, you can't say it. You're not allowed to. And you kind of go, what? Again, it's one rule for one rule for me and one rule for the rest of us kind of thing, isn't it? Uh, treat people how you like to be treated. Life is there to challenge us physically and mentally, and I think that's more mentally in this, this one, but... Uh, tell the truth. Honesty is the best policy, so that's where Simon Sarsi should have just went, yeah, okay, Romulan rather than Vulcan. Be yourself, don't change yourself to appease someone else's wishes. And that, that fits quite a few people in this one, because it's like... Um, it's like Wolf, and I think it's like Simon Tarsis, and it says mm. that quite a few people take responsibility for actions, that's Simon Tarsis again. Don't jump to conclusions, find out all the facts first, that's kind of the inquiry into him. No matter what you do, tell the truth will always be found out, so Simon Tarsis. Logic is king. Power corrupts absolutely. Don't jump to conclusions. Accidents and mistakes happen. It's how we deal with them that's most important. Because again, you've got to bear in mind that the walk cord blows up. And we kind of forget about that because that happens in the first few minutes. Um, sometimes there's there's nothing to be found. I think I said that earlier. Oh, how the mighty fall. Uh, guilt is a powerful thing. Every decision we make has its consequences. If you want to prove something, make sure you have evidence to back you up, which works in with don't be prejudiced against a certain group. So it's like, alright then, he's got Roman ancestry. Prove that he's done something wrong. Huh? Go on then. Prove it. Oh wait, you've got nothing. Oh, there you go. Drop the case then. Oh wait, you won't then. Okay no. then. On you go. Oh well, you've made a huge mistake. You've gone against guess who? Picard. Who kind of? Again, it's him in a courtroom. You don't want to do it because that no. Ends well. And as she says, oh, I've been, I've walked down bigger men than you, Picard. It's like, no, you have no. But that, that's the thing. He has created law with his thing in Measure of a Man, and then say like earlier in the season, he got Ventax two out of um, Ardra. Ardra's agreement contract. So it's like, are you sure you really want to do that? And I'm sure there's a few other record cases, but they stand out to me. So it's just, it's one of those episodes you can't not put up. Put up, yeah. And, oh, talking about it, it's made it even worse trying to decide which one I want to choose. <laughs> because I think there's two in there. I think you may be able to work out what they are, but 
Oh, that's going to make life interesting later. But that's well. That well, actually, if you look at it, we haven't got that much long to go. So we've done all right. But yes, I fantastic episode. Um, Jamie, um, say just the same as you. I said absolutely fantastic episode. It's frighteningly, it's kind of frighteningly realistic how close it is to real life today. And it's it said Star Trek it, is it best. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just there's nothing more you can really say. Just. And even though it's kind of quite a weight, word, word weighty episode, it doesn't come across that yeah. way. It's incredible how they do that, but I don't think they use too many legal words and crap like that in mm. there. It's all very face value. It's everything is what you, it's everything you see is what you get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the next one. Half a life. Now, this one's a changing thing, isn't it? You mm-hmm. never used to like this one before, did you? No, this was back when I first started watching it. Um, but it's one I'm bidding forward, and I'm pretty certain you will as well. Yep, indeed it is. Um, who, read, who read the last one? I can't remember who read the last one now. Did you want to read? It's you, but I can do it. Um, yeah, you, you, you If can I read. do this one, um, you can do the next few, I think. Uh, it's... The host, the mind's eye, and in theory, I'm not that keen on, so I'd rather... Okay, you, you can so move this I'll, one out, and I'll do the next three, that's not a problem, that's no, fine. No, I'll, I'll do another one, but it's, I'm not keen on them. It's odd, when you don't like an episode, it's like, you don't want to talk about the young man and the blurb either, it's a really odd <laughs> thing. Um, can I just point out, I did consider putting Cupid up as well. I did consider it, but I didn't. I thought I'd oh, fair enough already, but I thought it was nothing really with it um, the, um, no half a life that's that's right Dr. Simpson has beamed aboard the Enterprise to travel to a star much like his planet's own sun to con- conduct tests Alexander Troy soon falls for the Doctor but is horrified to find out he is expected to commit suicide at his age of 60 which it's not suicide it's like euthanasia but yeah um, just... fan- fantastic episode one that is criminally underrated, one that just gets forgotten about, and it's it's. Uh, I think it's um it's a, one of very few episodes where Majel Barrett's character, as though Axana, is treated with respect, and mm, dignity. It's, it's the first episode. It is it's the first. first episode, to be to be honest. Rather than it is an episode, it's the first one where she actually gets a bit of. She's not just comic related. A bit of character, a bit of personality rather than character, I'm yeah. going to be quirky I'm going to cause havoc for a show because even in Deep Space I think even in Deep Space Nine she even gets a bit more of it rather than although I think in that in Deep Space Nine I think they find the, um, a nice mixture between the two of her being mm. wacky and her actually having a bit more of a serious role yeah mm. whereas Nixon they never quite got it they got it towards them but a bit too late but um, this one it's just just incredible one that people need to rewatch. I've been, I've been say it's just changing Jamie's mind. It took quite a while, but once he did, it's like, oh my god, sire, I see the light again. It's I think it's every year you have an episode where you go, I see the light, sire. You were right all along, but mm-hmm. it's taken me X number of years to see it. This is an episode I implore people to rewatch. Honestly, it, I think part of the problem is it kind of comes off the drumhead. I think that maybe maybe where it's placed maybe doesn't help as well, but it's it's two wordy episodes. Yeah, 
but it, it maybe is. you need like Cupid shoved in the middle of it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah, you just need yeah. something where it would have had a bit of a bit of breathing space. But just, I mean, this episode just has so much in terms of the messages in there and the performance. I mean, the the, the performance with Majel Barrett and um, David Ogden Steers as Timerson. Yeah, kept... that's a bit sad as well. It's what you said to me. Yeah, he unfortunately passed away this year. Um, a few months ago, which is really quite sad. Jamie, um, do you know what I've also spotted? The other problem you have with this one is it's shoved in the middle of about four different other love stories. So you've got Cupid, you've got the host, and then soon afterwards you've got In Theory. All in close proximity to each other. So it yeah. gets mixed into the mix and you can't mm. really see it amongst all the trees. Probably. I think. Um, but this one, this one stands out the most out of those. It yeah, really does. God, but there's a lovely romantic chemistry, and and then meeting and then meeting and falling up despite the tragic ending was just beautiful and well, touching. Well, part of the reason that works so well is because I think Major Barrett Rottenbury and David Ogden Steers met up ahead of the time and actually met each other and kind of rehearsed a bit before they even. Met up on. Oh like, really? Oh, that's that probably that probably explains why it works so well then. Um, I think it was actually a bit of um, chemistry. Mm. Which they formed in that bit before they even got yeah. into getting onto the Paramount sound stages and whatnot. And the fact that I said it's one episode, it's what forty what forty two minutes. You can really, you really do believe they love each other. It comes Although across. I got a bit upset watching this, I found an error, as I said to Jamie yeah. recently. I found a problem, and it's so, like a problem mistake, a production mistake, and it's so, so annoying. And it's like, oh, why did I have to find that? Why did I have to <laughs> see that? And you can't unsee it then. When Jenna and Luxana Troyer are talking to each other, there's a production error or mistake. It's when the camera pans around. From left to right, you can see the reflection of the boom mic pole in the mirror. So they're chatting in Luxana Troy's quarters, and you've got, I think it's Luxana next to the mirror, and she wanders over to talk to Diana. And just as she does, the camera gets just the wrong spot, and you can see part of the boom mic, the pole. And it's just like, oh no, it had to be, it had to be this episode that they do it. So that was a huge disappointment when I found that and just went, oh, no, 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 no. So that was a bit of a shame, but otherwise it's a brilliant episode. Um, can I tell you the other odd bits that I found out? Yeah, go for it. Well, I noticed, well, you... Oh, I didn't cross the T. That's better. That looks better. Dr. Timerson's daughter, Dara, is played by Michelle Forbes, who went on to play Rolaren from the fifth season of Next Gen. With a terrible haircut. Hairstyle. Well, yes, you, you hate that, but never mind. It's to make them look alien. Uh, but we'll talk about her in years time and probably one of the first couple of episodes into it, annoyingly. Um, <laughs> said that one. And pretty much the only other one is um, do you recognise what the redress of the Caelan warships are? A redress of... Um... Not off the top of my head, no. <laughs> it's a reuse of the Jovis scene in the most toys. Another one from the most toys. It's got a lot of references, isn't it, that episode? 
Yeah, well, they use everything. You got to bear in mind they've got limited budget, so they're reusing everything they can possibly imagine. Oh yeah, just from that episode seems to be quite a lot from from that episode, doesn't it? Oh well, you see, think about it, it all mounts up. But again, all of the all of the ones I've just tried to make it as simplest as I can for the redresses because I could probably it's more complicated than just that. I can tell you that because mm. that Jovis is probably I think is a redress or something else from another episode. Which, if, from the top of my head, I think that's from the survivors, the Hanok ship. Oh, season three. So I've just tried to simplify it by just going, it's from that. But if you go on to Ex Astra Science, uh, if I tried to explain it properly, it would take forever. And I've I tried yeah. to save us all time because I say <laughs> the amount of redressing in ships and stuff is complicated and confusing and goes back. For decades and yeah, I I could, but best to look online. Put it put it this way: if you did if you did go down that route, if that I didn't buy the book, it would take forever. Well, put it, well, well, it, it'll be an episode in of itself, wouldn't it? Really. <laughs> um. So, anything else you want to say? No, I've just got more as much as meanings. I haven't got loads, but I think they're interesting. Most of them are what you've heard before, but I think that, again, it's one of those things where it has a bit of poignancy in this one I think yeah go for it sorry. go for it well do you want to say something Jeremy um all well, mine are pretty much the same 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 so I'd rather um, you say some new ones than um well other stuff I really like about the episode um the really funny moments earlier on so the opening scene with Picard as he tries to avoid Waxana Geordie's saying to O'Brien that the scientist Timerson is when when Axel attacks a scientist he goes that man is in trouble <laughs> <laughs> And of course, Wolf trying to deal with her on the bridge. But he goes, "What does the what, what does that one what does that one do, Mister Wolf?" And he goes, "It is Wolf, Madam, not Wolf." <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, I also quite liked the fact that um, the the kind of really quite enjoyed the subversion of our expectations in the episode. So, you know, when you have obviously Picard trying to avoid the Waxan, it kind of it's a it's a harken back to kind of past episodes. But then when she approaches Timerson, he kind of he embraces he embraces her kind of lively personality and kind of outgoing approach, which I think was quite nice. Um, and it's and a crew actually follow her own directive, and it's actually Luxana Try that doesn't. Yeah, it's her causing the problems, not a member of the crew, yeah. which is nice. And it's just kind of them going, "All right, calm down, calm down. This is why not." And then she slowly comes to the realization. It's like then she accepts it, and it's just a wonderful way of. I think she goes through the five stages of grief. I think through the whole mm. thing, and it's just—it's really well done. It's say like, the acting—it's brilliant. It's all believable, and it's like the way she watches him sleep and all that stuff. It's all mm. so sweet and lovely, and oh, and it just makes the engine just so much more tragic. Knowing that, as I think I said, oh, I wish we'd met years ago. You know, um, it's just if we have any recommendations for this season, let's go back and watch this one. Yeah, without definitely. a single doubt, if there's one episode we will say watch this one, it's this one. Because yeah, without I... a single ounce of doubt, it's this one. I mm. something I got on a few years ago and went, okay, right, I'm gonna make this my mission to try and make Jamie change his opinion on it. Because it's kind of you do you sit there and go, oh, that's a dull episode, and then you think about it for a moment, and you go, but oh a lot my of these, God, that's just... a lot of these episodes. There's only there's only a couple where I've kind of gone. No, so you're not going to change my mind. Thanks anyway, but 
most of them you have been able to and this is definitely this is one i would highly recommend it's one that i had changed my own opinion a few years ago so it's Mm. kind of not just you jamie it was me changing my opinion on it and Mm. again it's what we were talking about earlier it's kind of not um preconceptions of it and going oh Mm. just let's yeah. not go there and then it's like rewatching it with fresh eyes you go actually maybe I've got this all wrong mm. and that's what's quite nice about doing these is you look at them in a fresh light I, I haven't this year and we haven't in this particular case but you do it's the most case I can think of was Sarah and Shades of Grey yeah, that was an episode that me and that you sort of thing. Kind Every of, year yeah. you have the surprise episode where you go, yeah, actually that wasn't half bad. Yeah, it's a, it's a sounds like it's a bad episode, terrible episode, but it does have merit. It's not as terrible as I thought it was. And actually, I think in that season we actually found out that it was um, the price. I think we found that was the worst one out a lot. Oh, I think yeah, season. I I, I, yeah, I think season two for us was what the Icarus factor was. That that one was just. I can't remember season one what we thought. But yeah, that's that's yeah. not the point. I don't want to go into. Yeah. Um, we ate this one. We ate that one. But it's yeah. It's just just watch this one. Just honestly watch this one. Oh yeah. Just watch watch the last two back to back. It's you won't regret it. Um. Yes. Some of the messages I got from this one was obviously the idea of euthanasia, um, and kind of um. It's Star Trek dealing with a very adult themes again. Oh yeah, which are controversial I think but... hitting the right mood this time. Yeah. With this one rather than adoption where I think they got it quite wrong. They didn't quite go for what, what they should have done. I don't quite know what that is, but I don't think they quite got aimed it in the right bit. They didn't go for in the centre, they kind of They got the right balance, didn't they? Yeah. Um Yeah, so and obviously the notion of the old being a burn to society despite the fact that Timerson is not in ill health physically or mentally I, I love just... the fact that Diana, um, no, Cassandra Troy goes yeah we looked after them they should look after us I thought that was quite a cool line that was kind of oh yeah yeah, yeah. sod them <laughs> <laughs> and just the way she sums it up because he's, she goes oh it's just for no good reason because his society has decided that he's too old so they just dispose of him as though his life no longer has had any value or meaning in and it kind of ties in quite nicely just... yeah and the odd thing is that will probably kill their planet off and you sit there going are you kidding me are mm. you really going to do this and the fact that that ties in quite nicely to this idea of being able to can be very alone and frightening as Loak Sana says and that um, and the other message I kind of got was sometimes if you want things to change um, you have to fight for it um, which you know, didn't happen in the end obviously but um, yeah just and just the and what I also really love is the, I said the the plots the plots just not just very not just respectful to kind of Roxana's character but beside this lovely message of even when you're old there's still so much to do and to see just because you've gotten to a point in your life where so you're retired it doesn't mean that your life no longer has meaning you can there's still so many things for you to see and to do which is what I really love as well so just oh, it's just a fantastic episode overall but it just really needs to be watched so yeah um, what about you side and the messages you got from it don't jump to conclusions find out all the facts first treasure your time with friends and family um, oh yeah yeah that, uh, I was about to say if I forgot it but I haven't because I think it's got a different meaning in this one 
Because the other one is, you know, you know, you don't know when it's going to be over. But in this one, you do know when it's going to be over, so you can treasure your time with them. So it's so mm. in that case, is it, I think that makes sense. If you need support dealing with something, ask for it. The human brain, mind is our greatest asset. Don't squander it. Neural potential. Nothing is either black and white. You only live once. YOLO. Which again, even in that zone, right, has a different meaning in this case. But I still think it's appropriate. Everything has its time. Time is precious. Don't waste it. No matter your background, we're all mortal. It's very easy to misinterpret other people's actions. Everyone lives, everyone dies. Be yourself, don't try to be someone you're not. It's, it's not a lot in there, but it's so... Um, important issues to deal with. Mm. As you say, and I've always admired... Whether, it, whether it's Star Trek or whatever else it is, where a movie or a TV show, whatever it is, is touching upon really important life issues but are very can be, that are very controversial and they're all quite sensitive but they do it in a really respectful and understanding way and I've always admired and, and this is a this is a great example of an episode doing just that does it in such a way and it's just it's very hard to do but if you can pull it off it just adds so much emotional emotion and depth to the characters and, and the story and that so yeah, I mean, as you say, this is an episode definitely put up, definitely would recommend rewatching. If if you're one of those people who kind of watched and gone, oh, I don't read much of this, it's definitely I definitely recommend a rewatch. Jamie, looking at the time, I think we've actually made these two episodes vaguely listenable to. Mm. Yeah. Oddly. <laughs> for one, for the first year ever. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. <laughs> I think we've literally done this in half the time we originally uh, thought we would take, didn't we? Um, is there anything else you want to say about the episode? Watch it. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, the next one, The Host. Um, On you go, Jeremy. Yeah, huh? On you go. Oh, great. <laughs> um, Ambassador Odan is being transported to attempt 11th hour med... Mediation, mediation Jamie, between yeah. two civilizations, and on the two-week trip, he and Doctor Crusher have fallen in love. When Odan is severely injured, he is forced to reveal he's merely host to an alien life form. Um, they're not, not civilizations. <laughs> they're like groups, aren't they? They're not civilizations because oh, yeah. mm. it's a it's spe- three. Well, it's one species and two off off branches, isn't it? Is it, is it arguing? Alpha and Beta, they yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the makeup in this episode. They look so incredible, and their hats. Mm. So, oh, it's just all, it's just amazing. It really is amazing. Um. Oh dear God, here we go again. Redresses galore. This, <laughs> I mean, this this season is just full of them. Do you re- did you recognise the true ship? No, probably not. Well, it's a re. It's a reuse of the Mundor footage from, guess what, Sumerian Snare. Yeah. And the Pelazel 2 Beta Moonship is a reuse of the Shellac Colony ship uh, from. Of Command. Yep. And that is originally, because this is what I'm on about, is actually originally the merchant, merchantman ship from Star Trek 3 The Search from Spock. That's the sort of crap I'm into. Redress of a redress, but it's already a ship that's ancient. There you go. 
<laughs> First time we meet the Trillion Star Trek, which is something Jamie was probably going to mention. Yep. Wesley gets a reference in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm, which I thought was quite nice. Crush's log. Um, oh, here we go. This is what I was on about. Kind of all the things and remastered. Yeah, we've done this. We've fixed that problem. We've fixed this problem. We've made some special effects awful. And then you get to episodes like this. And you have to ask questions like, why does a tractor beam come out of the photon torpedo tube launcher? <laughs> C- couldn't you fix it? No, big no. whoopsie, big whoopsie. It's like, oh no, really? It's um, uh, what have I put for it? Fantastic makeup in this episode uh, by Michael Westwall, in particular the Trill Symbiont, um, and that includes costume design. If you look at the Trill Symbiont, that thing's awesome. The mountain detail in that thing is just incredible. D- did you notice that, Jamie? Mm, yeah. Just, it's just incredible. It looked real. I think that's the thing about Mark. I think you know, as you said, Mark Westwell, particularly this season, the makeup has been amazing. It just, yeah, you know, whether it's whether it's the transformation of the creatures in Identity Crisis or the true host, it just, oh, you know, it's amazing. I mean, did he actually win awards? Did he actually win quite a few awards for this sort of thing? Star Trek then? never really won any awards at all, unfortunately. Oh. I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he has won some awards. I think he might have won some for it. But I don't think... I'm assuming he did win some. I just don't think they were very, they've been very politicised or something. Mm. Publicised. It's a shame. Um, I, lo- I love their makeup in this. It's like they've got mm. really odd noses in this. It's like they've got whole, like holes out. And it's just... They look alien, and that's what you want in this particular episode. That's what you want, and just kind of—it's just a very odd, strange episode. And it's like the yeah, it's what we say every year. It's a missed opportunity. Oh my god, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, this is one of those episodes where I've never really been fond of it, and even kind of even looking at it with an objective eye, I still don't think much of it. And it's still a bit awkward. It really is awkward. And it's oh, like... God, seeing Riker and Beverly being intimate is very strange, and it made me feel uncomfortable, especially given that you know how close Picard and Beverly are, and, and Riker and Troy, it's past relationship as well. It's, like, it's just weird. Really weird. Um, and, yes, I know they're kind of alien of the week, so at the time they won't think of it, but I just found the whole... Yes, you can credit DS... Oh, God, next gen for setting up the chills, but I just found it a bit of a very vague and confusing concept. But even in Deep Space Nine, it kind of still was in a bit anyway. But, um, but you know, the chills are set up, which I think is really good. Um, what else? Um, yeah, and obviously, oh, just the way they handled the ending as well. The ending I just didn't like at all. Just when Beverly rejects the new host, and she because but because when Wolf says, "Oh, this this ready now," he goes, "Oh, send him in." It's like she automatically assumes it's a he, which is obviously the point you were bringing up earlier in um, uh, is it the drumhead? Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's just the way she gives him gives her a cold shoulder. It's like yeah, and it could be, and I mean, you, there's well, any uh, not... again, it really we should be saying them, them, yeah, because it's a he and a she. Mm. So it should be. We should be saying, them the cold shoulder. Them the cold shoulder, yeah. But I mean, there's any number of ways to interpret that scene. But it could it could be seen as homophobic, you know. And that's the thing. Star Trek. 
at least up until Discovery, has never been comfortable depicting the idea of same-sex relationships. It's never, it's always shied away from it. And this is a, an example of that again. Um, unfortunately, as you said, it had that, it just, you know, it squanders it, and it's a shame. Um, you know, and, and... I think it's kind of undermined because it's such a weird thing that you've got yeah. Riker in majority of it, and you're going... This doesn't feel right. I don't. I don't quite get it. What am I supposed? To, it's the thing of what am I supposed to be thinking mm. in this in this bit? What am I meant to be going? Oh, they're together though. You, but it's Riker and Crusher. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah. And it's just the episode just doesn't really work, unfortunately. Not for me. I mean, it, it said it does have its pluses and. Um, but and the other thing I don't get is the way they try to play it off as you get the line where you get Ajana going oh he isn't who he says he is and then you get the thing of the symbiont popping out of, not 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 popping out but kind of bulging mm. where you're meant to think oh is he being is this another um, conspiracy episode is this another well, identity crisis thing. Yeah, because and then, it's like, oh come, on, why are you doing that when this isn't what you? Mm. This isn't the main point of what you're trying to do. That undermines what you're trying to do in this whole damn episode. Mm-hmm. You but know, as I was saying earlier, trying to um, misdirect the, the audience. audience, which isn't helpful for what you're trying to do with this. It it gives them a guess out clause for, oh well, this. is this is and plus, this isn't right because and plus not to mention I mean if you if you could think about it another way because the whole the whole kind of film's episode is the idea of love and change and how we see things but if you've got that in compulsion with the idea as you say a, a bulging alien oh it's going to be a big conspiracy it doesn't really mesh quite well either it's kind of it's, it's the opposite ends it's like what that doesn't you know so even then it's kind of just like what the heck. I just, yeah, I mean, this episode just doesn't work, unfortunately. Um, you know, that's it. Credit, credit, credit to the episodes for setting up the trills, which is great. And as you say, excellent makeup with the aliens and the and the and the symbiont as well. But just, it just doesn't work at all. It really, really doesn't, unfortunately. Um, uh, yeah. But you're left with the problem, though, is if it doesn't end up with a member of the crew, who does it end up with? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, so they're sort of arms twisted into kind of doing this because they have no other option of doing it. And even if they had, it wouldn't have the same impact as it does. So it's a very odd thing where you sit there going, it's one of those things, and maybe I should put this in my notes, that they all damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. Mm-hmm. So again, it's these few episodes I feel really odd about. They none of them really add up. <laughs> you just sit there going, "Come on, I want to get on to something I enjoy again." Yeah. So it's like for this point, it was kind of <laughs> let's get on to redemption. Come on, get through these. Force myself through them till I get onto redemption, and then I can finally go. I've, I'm done now. <laughs> getting there. But, but it's kind of interesting what you say about the host. It's kind of they almost box themselves into a corner without realising it, and then kind of when they've arrived, it's like kind of oh crap, we've got to, you know, we've we've kind of. Said, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do wonder if this was a um, submission policy episode. It's got the trademarks of it. Mm. 
of it being a, an audience submitted one and then it going through the ringer and then being highly edited and rewrote and everything being thrown at it to try and get it through and it just comes this mess where it doesn't know what it wants to do mm, possibly quite possibly and then you've got Gene Rossbrit then going oh no I don't, I'm not uh, again I speculation I'm not going to say this is what happened but I wonder if Dream Rotterbury or someone in the production team went hmm I'm not quite sure the um, the heads at Paramount are going to let this through the censorship let's tone this down a bit so that it gets through we don't quite make the point we want to but it will get through without any issues we mm. don't have to censor it in such a way that it becomes meaningless and unfortunately doing that means that it actually has and has no meaning at all so it's a very unfortunately a pointless story yes in some ways even for what it achieved for kind of LGBT plus things yes it did make some um, effects from it but not as much as it should and would have done at the time it was created, so I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to make. It's just a, it just feels like it got a shuffle of red tape and just couldn't do what it set it, out to it, do. It, it was like it was stuck in a maze and it never found its way out. Basically, because I think it's okay up to the point he gets injured. Hmm. It's a quite nice love story, and it just goes veers off and goes un- uncontrollably where they don't quite know what to do with it and mm. then they've only got what would you say what 25 minutes to play with yeah half an hour to play with and it's very difficult to you know the thing i would would have made more sense and would have saved a hell of a lot of time but again it would have neglected what happened is if odon had had a trill assistant along with him and then you shove it in that person and then you kind of get the same thing without causing all the it's undue problem without having all this crap of shove them off the ship let's go and meet the ship mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that would have been better but I think that would have dealt with it easier and it wouldn't be so Messy. troublesome mm-hmm. I think and then the other odd thing with the introduction of the trill is the fact that throughout the whole episode with the in the instant where it's like, oh, we all need to be down to the planet. Oh, no, I can't. I can't because of the symbiont. And it's like, that goes out the window the second you get onto Deep Space Nine. It's like, all right, no, um, yeah. So it's just nothing really adds up. But again, it's like you were saying, this is before they even considered Deep Space Nine and the Trill and all that sort of stuff. So you can let them off with that. But you just sit there going, what? You have to dispend too much disbelief to try and make this work and even if you try to as I've tried to give them benefit of the doubt and try to help them I don't think you can I don't know it's just a very confused episode it just which doesn't... we both sit there and go we wish it worked but no, it doesn't, just doesn't. Um, did you get any messages from it at all Uh yeah, it's the same old, same old, but um, there are no excuses for to violence, so being sh- sh- like shooting at the mediator. Peace is a worthy goal. Life is there to challenge us, physically or mentally. Honesty is the best policy. There's risk to everything we do. Accidents and mistakes happen. It's how we deal with them that's important. 
risks everything we do, life is unpredictable, everything has its time. So I think with Beverly and O'Dan, I think it's like, you can pretty much tell that the second that he dies, her love for him goes with it. Mm-hmm. But she's desperate to try and keep it, or he's desperate to keep it going, and she's going, she should have just been honest with him and gone, that's it, no, can we try and keep this professional now, alright? As but you say. But she doesn't. It's yeah. Just like, that's why you get this awkwardness. Um, all species have the same problems. Change is important as a normal part of life. Needs are, needs are the many outweigh the needs of the one or the few. Everyone lives, everyone dies. Every problem has a solution. People are affected by the same thing in totally different ways. Uh, every decision we make has a consequence. Don't be prejudiced against a certain group, and this in case it's the trills. So it's, yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's one where, I say, every year we get that episode where it's like missed opportunity. And this is, the, and this year it's this one. The only things I got from it was kind of the dangers of global warming, the impact on the environment and health. So, when, so the subplot of the two warring species, which are tapping into the planet's only remaining energy source. Um, the idea of how we view loving someone. So again, the idea of change and like, Beverly says perhaps one day our ability to love will not be so limited. Um, humans can only accept so much change before they reach their, reach a limit. So, one thing I thought of with the planet problems is obviously both planets are orbiting, and if you look at the animation, they're both orbiting at different rates. So it's not a problem for the majority of the time. It's only when the inner planet, the well, the one moon goes within the orbit of the other planet so if they didn't use the power source in that instance they probably would have been they would both be alright they just have to come up with an alternate power source in that period of the day but that's me being very technical and <laughs> your speciality I think but yeah it, again if you do that I, I reckon that may be what Odan sorted with them kind of went yeah just do that you'll probably be alright then or I don't know or probably arrange another job swap that's what he seems to do <laughs> oh well you're dying oh you don't like it oh now you're going to chat to each other talk to each other oh well there you go on you go and it's 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 an odd way it's the same sort of thing that um um oh loud as a whisper Reaver. It's the same sort of thing Reaver did, I reckon. It's a similar sort of technique that he used. You think so? Well, it's, he used the same um, like things they have in common. And mm. it's like, that's what O'Dan was doing. Kind of, now you've had my life, now you see my problems. It's sign of we have the same issue. Deal with it, get on with it. So that was, that's quite an interesting thought I've just had. It's it's just a missed opportunity. It's just a shame. Just it is, as you say. You can the ideas are in there, but they just don't come across or come through very well, unfortunately. And it said that by the end of it, it's kind of it harms itself by kind of Beverly's reaction. It can be seen as homophobic. It's like it's just like no, it's just not what you want. So, but as you say, I think what might have helped is if there was a light kiss at the end of it I think that would have helped them 
it wouldn't look yeah bad. maybe maybe like if she like if they kissed each other even if it's even if, i mean if, if even if it's not on the even if it's just on the cheek or something like that i think that would have probably come across a bit better but the fact she outright rejects them um just yeah it just said it's just not an episode unfortunately that i've ever really gelled with and even even watching it this time again with a more objective way it still just doesn't unfortunately um uh, I'll introduce this one, Jeremy. Uh, yep, go for it. I hate the hell out of it, but I'll introduce it. It's got quite a brief description, so that's partly why. En route to a conference on Riser, as, as you'd imagine, Geordie is kidnapped by Romans and brainwashed to obey instructions. Nero turns into Rosie and willingly becomes a pawn in a much bigger game. The yeah, Mind's no, not really. Eye. The Mind's Eye. Um, I've always quite enjoyed this episode. I don't have any real problems with it. Now, you may remember earlier I said there's an episode that isn't very Star Trek. It's this one. Boy, is it in no way Star Trek-ish. Well, in terms it of kind really of like... It really isn't. And the style of it and what it's talking about. It just doesn't suit the show it's on. It really doesn't for me. Do you think, it? Do you think then, it would have done better for you if it was in Deep Space Nine then? Maybe. I had that thought in my head but even still I don't know but then you're getting in the vein of um, in the pale moonlight and it's just, that's I don't mind that one too much but it's this one I can't stand I really don't know why but it's a very it's the way it's filmed that I can't I don't like mm. it's very interesting I, I think one of my problems is I don't like the torture bit at the beginning of it anyhow it's just got this very odd dark feeling the whole way through yeah and it I just think... doesn't suit Star Trek at all knowing that he was being used as an assassin it's a very frightening fall the fact that he's gone through that and actually doesn't remember it is really quite chilling and the kind of that and that scene in particular where he's in 10 forward with the Romulans and he goes and the guy goes oh yeah kill kill Chief O'Brien and then he does and he, he goes why don't you go and sit with your friends um you know, and you go, you go and sit with your friends, and he goes, "Hi guys," and it's just the whole kind of casualness. Oh, I've just killed someone. I'm just going to sit here. Just oh, it's really quite chilling. So in a way, so I can kind of understand kind of where you're coming from with that. It's just, I, it made me feel uncomfortable. Hmm. That's fair enough. That is, I, I completely, I completely see where you're coming from with that. So I, I can understand that. Um. I think it's quite nice to see Geordie relaxing at the start on the show and, and see him, see him play a game with the computer, which hardly ever happens. And I just love it when he kind of goes, oh, this is easy, and the computer goes, yeah, this is alphabetically. Um, this is obviously, this episode is quite an important one in the ongoing story arc of the Klingon and Romulan Alliance, which again is picked up in Redemption. Um, it's, it's a reference to Picard helping the Klingons in the past, Wolf killing Juras and Wolf's discommendation. Um, I found it quite interesting seeing kind of things from Geordie's perspective behind the visor, which I thought was quite cool. Um, I think oh yeah, I've already mentioned that. Um, I also found it I also quite like the ending where it's the reset button's not being used, so Geordie doesn't actually recover from his ordeal immediately. It's kind of it's going to be a work in progress as Deanna. Yeah, that was so nice. I, yeah. Deanna uh, being used properly again. Yeah. Nice to bloody see. <laughs> Um, 
I'm just going to put it out there again. It's an episode I don't like, so I haven't found that much. So we're going to have to rely on Jamie for doing the mainstay of this work. Um, go for it. What, what did you find? Um, as I think we might have said, it's the Manchurian Candidate Star Trek episode because that's what it's well known for Star in fandom as, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, introduction of who will become Commander Sela, as I think you said. Uh, seen in Redemption and she's seen in Shadow um, I love the shot of the Romulan Warbird decloaking from inside the shuttle pod I thought that was an awesome shot yeah I like that I must admit possibly I can't remember off the top of my head but it possibly the first time we see a Romulan transporter effect I think it might be actually yeah uh, oh I'll get back to that it's funny John Fleck uh, plays Shebeck in this episode, he's famously returns to star in Enterprise as Silic. Uh, as Jamie said, reference back to Duras's death in Reunion and a prelude to Redemption. The Curious map painting is a modified version seen in Angel One, and it's the first appearance of the Type Three Phaser rifle and a rare close-up look at the Type One Cricket Phaser. Mm. And lastly. Uh, one of my daft things what is it with the Enterprise crew and Romulan spies in season 4 and <laughs> um, what is uh, this what I didn't get in the holodeck simulation what is the problem the Romulans have with Chief O'Brien yeah that's kind of weird I mean you, you because he gets killed in the simulation as you said earlier and then mm. when he goes into the field for not the least subtle of who the hell who who is the uh, spy what's he do? he spills a drink and guess who's in the room with them the Klingon ambassador dude mm. it's just one of those <laughs> things where it's like you know the audience is aware and they're not aware and it's like oh come on people just let's be serious here oh it's one of two people who could it possibly be yeah. We've got Picard there with no pockets, and we've got this Klingon ambassador with a billion pockets. Yeah, it's being very shady. Hmm. That, that's that. That's the. I mean, you know, it kind of, it's kind of reminiscent of um, uh, a reunion. But yes, okay, there's only two of them. But at least it was a bit more. It could be Garon. It's like he's, we don't know who he is. It's like, oh, we've got two people, either Picard or, or this ambassador. Hmm. I wonder who it's gonna be. And this crap of going through the cargo bay, and it's like, who did it? And it's like, well, just check the fingerprints and crap and stuff. And it's like, again, uh, CCTV. Um, again, if you remember, they have com badges, so you can actually track where people have been and stuff. And it's like, um, and you know, another thing that annoyed me, you know, oh, well, I'll say from where they were when this thing happened. <laughs> Right, so we've got no, who, you know, what were you doing, O'Brien? Oh, well, I was with Keiko, right? Fair, fair enough. Who was the other person they asked? The ambassador, but, wasn't it? Ambassador, he had an an excuse, and then you get onto Geordie. Oh, I was on my uh, on my own, and they go, oh yeah, that's fine. And you go, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's not. No, it's like, no, that's fine, Geordie. We trust you. Yeah, so, I, I suppose. So you're like, what? Are yeah. you kidding me? 
I suppose you do look at it as that because if they trust him, you wouldn't think it's him. But it does. It's still not quite. Doesn't quite work, does it? But if you do it properly, you can sit there and go, "Okay, then that's not quite good enough." What else have you got? But they don't do that. They just go, "Oh yeah, that's fine. Don't worry. I won't look at your records or anything. You're fine, Jordy. You won't have done anything." Mm. It's not until data does a hell of a lot of research before they go, oh, "Actually, it's him." And you go, "Oh come on, really?" And I say it's a kind of there's only a certain number of people it could possibly be, so it shouldn't be that. So, you really, you really love this episode, don't you? Sorry, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's not really well written. I know you, you probably like it, but I, I, I wouldn't say I love it, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, but I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from with it. Um, I think that's it for everything. I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah. messages. Um, yeah. So obviously, you can't always. Basically, read, I didn't actually get much of this. Oddly, I know it seems strange, but. Um, you can't always trust your memory um, so that's kind of what I got from it and obviously they use kind of again um, covert surveillance and communication techniques as well kind of being used with Geordie's visor as well to kind of get him to carry out the assassination so you yeah, can't wouldn't you have wondered wouldn't you put safeguards on that thing surely oh yeah um, so yeah that's really I didn't really get much for this episode it's Said that she was just oh those dear. two <laughs> things. Um, there are no excuses to revert to violence, torture, and assassination. However, once we get, we're still capable of being tricked and fooled. Never underestimate the capabilities of someone or something. There's risks to everything we do. If you need support dealing with something, ask for it. Life's there to challenge us physically and mentally. No matter what you do, the truth will always be found out. Don't believe everything you're told. Logic is king. Don't manipulate people, it never ends well. Treat people how you'd like to be treated. If you want to prove something, make sure you have them spec you up and don't Oh, I already said that, haven't I? Don't believe everything you're told. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Um question. You say logic is king, right? Why not logic is huh? well, yeah, where was that where does that come from? Logic is king? Is that like a direct quote from something or just curious? No, I've already made it up, but it's just kind of logic is kind of a basis for coming to so that's how I come why I come to conclusions that I do in real oh fair life enough and, I was just wondering if that, if that logic is king was a direct quote of the same was just something you I don't think yourself. so probably show it through Google and it might do I, I don't know if if it is I'm unaware of it it's just some. it's a nice way of saying it of going I think so. logic solves an awful lot of things without it being too heavy and it's just nice easy catchphrase I don't know I, I don't know it could be I don't know you know what I'm like I might have picked it up from somewhere and I'm completely unaware of it but yeah it's a very odd episode another odd episode followed by another odd episode just to in, finish it off and in like, theory do you want me to read this one uh, yeah could do yeah uh, do you want to read the last one then redemption yeah I think you did best of both worlds so that would I doubt that makes yeah. sense. Okay, um, in theory, Lieutenant Jenna Disora becomes attached to Data, who at first protests that he has no human feelings and then attempts to emulate emotions. In the meantime, a dangerous nebula lies in the path of the Enterprise. Uh, it's not a bad episode. I, you know, it's 
it's, don't mind it, but it's a very odd episode. Yeah, it's data. It's kind of data to explore another aspect of humanity, which is quite good. Um, I found literally nothing in terms of things I liked and all that sort of thing. But Mara's message and meanings, I did come up with stuff. Um, interesting getting to see the workings of a photon torpedo. I thought that was quite cool. Uh, I love the fact you get to see the Enterprise torpedo bay. Not for last time. No, you just see it again, I believe. Although, although no, 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 no. You... Wink, wink for redressing. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, soon, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. yeah last episode. Um, it's interesting that people. Oh, there you are. It's interesting that people in the 20th century don't just endlessly replicate new clothes. They put them in the cleaning processor. Uh, uh, oh, and as I've said numerous times on the podcast, I've always loved the Tyrrhenian Perspex sculpture Jenna gives Data. I think it would make a great Rottenbury prop replica, which I'd definitely buy. <laughs> love that thing. So anything comes out of the episode, it's that. I just love that sculpture. I'd love someone to make me that. I'd just... Oh, pretty. And that's all, literally all I got. For the whole thing, yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> let's see. Uh. I, I, th- well, I think we both said this. I think the woman in the floor is a bit gory. Oh God, yeah. The when the yeah, yeah the, blood curdling yeah. scream. Oh. oh, that bit is creepy. But it just goes to prove you don't need violence in a scene to make it creepy. Or it can be affected. And oh God, yeah. And you never got the fact that Picard pilots a shuttle don't you you don't quite get that no I, I understand because it's, Pat, it's Patrick Stewart he's, he directed the episode it's his directed debut and it's actually his favourite episode I get I get, but just from a, a plot standpoint it's just like why Picard it just doesn't make sense at all because he wanted it, to do more action mm, in this yeah, series that's yeah. why oh yeah but from a kind of plot perspective in the, in the episode it just doesn't anyone could have done it it's, just it's like, not real I know it, it wouldn't have any much poignancy if it's some random person that you don't care about. Whereas Picard, you do worry. Yeah. Again, it's it's trying to insert a bit more mild peril. Well, yeah, but you could have had any other member of the crew do it. Like, any main member of the crew do it. Like Riker or whatever. I don't know. But um... what, what about Tiana then? Yeah, why not? That ends well, doesn't it? Every time she gets behind the wheel. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I think interesting aspects of humanity that Data is studying romantic relationships I hate that lovers quarrel scene I hate it oh that doesn't work at all don't like it don't like it at all I mean you know we, you called it artificial I mean yes date is artificial but it just comes across too much so um, I did love the scene so with data guys different people to advise some romance like Guy and Geordie Riker Troy and Morph I thought that was great um, and I actually quite like his reasoning when she when, she, when um Jenna goes, oh, you, you told people about it? She goes, well, in actuality, it's like 1% less of the ship, which I thought was quite... Yeah, I did a bit of... If you think it through well enough, you can work out how many people you roughly spoke to. Can, can I do it? It's a quick sim. It's a Go quick for it. calculation. So if you think about it, the crew, the sound of compliments, can you remember it from Remember Me? About 1,014? It's about 1,012. I think that's with additional people. So it's 1,012 I've always known it as. So, if you think of as 10%, I I know, I'm just being Mm. accurate. Um, So, if you go down to 10%, you're talking about he's spoken to about 10 people and (laughs) to about it all. So, 
and you see most of them on the screen, there's pretty few more people that we don't chat. I reckon it's probably like Keiko or O'Brien or something, just kind of. Would make sense that data would, yeah, would data, it would make sense that data would go to them, obviously you've got to think of screen time, so it's kind of off screen thing, yeah. But yeah, it's like 10 people we spoke to, it's like, okay, right, that's not too crazy, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, what else did I, yeah, I mean, the, the subplot about the nebula's quite cool, um, Dark Nebula causing the ship to phase out of normal space, which I quite liked. Um, in some like, ways they don't quite make sense with the way they move though I always thought the way they move through the ship considering how far they have to go to see the bloody planet <laughs> you would have thought that they'd have more problems but they must really yeah. be going in weird ways because the way that they see you, you see this effect so you know something's up don't make any sense at all they <laughs> really don't if I you think them through because mm. you can imagine they're like flying towards you most of the time or they're kind of I don't because you know you see this shot in outside is it data's quarters and yeah. you sit going how does that happen and then it's like no one gets injured when the hyperspray gets knocked off and it, it happens in Picard's ready room random okay why there and, and then, then the observation the it just doesn't make sense it's all a bit kind of random it's like set pieces it's kind of mm showing its power but it in reality it doesn't make sense but it's but again it's television for you so I know I know it's not real Simon da, 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 da. it needs to happen otherwise you don't have a plot I know but it's just you just sit there going oh and I love it like the uh, ready room scene and it's like Wolf can you come in with a tricorder and he looks at him like oh are you trying to be funny Captain and it's like no I didn't do it it's like he scans it and it's like yeah, your um, fingerprints are on it and you kind of go oh now you look for them <laughs> it's like did you do this on purpose it's like no it's like what so it's like well from practical jokes and things like oh god it's like that's going in well but it's uh, it's another very old episode just like I don't know. Yeah. And it's like it's just another one after the third episode in a row where you sit there going, Well, you were just desperate to get to the finish line. It's like Ronald D. Moore kind of went in the one of the special features. He looks back now and goes, Oh my god, why the hell did we do 26 episodes? When, you know, you kind of. On other shows, you do like 13. And it's like. Yeah. And I think we do this every year and go, oh my god, aren't we crazy? And we just sit there going, uh huh. <laughs> Pretty much. And it's the uh, same sort of thing with them. It's like, yeah, these days it wouldn't happen. You could pretty much halve it and then you would get a season. Whereas back in the day, you got 26 episodes. If you wanted it or not. But you've got to fill it. You've got to fill it with somehow. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, pardon me. Uh, the messages I got from this episode um, you have to figure out how to navigate um, things sometimes on your own so so sometimes to experience and learn life you have to figure things out yourself um, we're all more than the sum of our parts as Troy quotes to data uh, romantic relationships are complex um, yeah that's all I got for it <laughs> not much I'm there to challenge us physically and mentally 
tell the truth, be yourself, don't ch change your change yourself to appease someone else's wishes. So I think Data did that. Friendships, relationships are all about give and take. Yeah, that's definitely important. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone, everything has its time. Be yourself, don't try to be someone you're not. Data and all his um, lovers' quarrels and stuff. Stick to your beliefs. Uh, stick to what you believe in. Be honest to your beliefs. Everyone learns in their own unique way. You can't artificially create love. If you're going to commit to doing something, make sure you follow through with it. It's very easy to misinterpret other people's actions. No matter your background, we're all mortal. Everyone lives, everyone dies. Everyone has a solution. Don't manipulate people, it never ends well. Um, decisions we make have consequences. If you want to prove something, make sure you have evidence to make you up. And that's me done. So I didn't do too badly. It's just a very, a very odd show. It really is. It's. I'd say I found those three very difficult to sort out and do, but I did it. You did it. Redemption, the final episode. Which we're both gonna put up because we're. Uh, no, not for me. <laughs> nah, just joking. Yeah, it is for me. <laughs> I failed to fool you there. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the honour of reading this one out, mister, if you like. Uh, Redemption Part 1. The Enterprise is summoned to Klingon homeworld, so Picard may fulfill his duties after succession. Garon intercepts Enterprise before it arrives, warning Picard that Klingon civil war is brewing. Um, Redemption Part 2. War erupts between the forces of Garon and Duras. Picard plans to take Celsius to the Klingon Romulan border to act as a blockade against Romulan aid to the Duras followers. Meanwhile, Picard is shocked to discover an identity of Sela. Good. And again, just to cause havoc, I spoke to Jamie before we started, but I did it the same way I did last year. And I think Jamie did it the same way he did, so I'm going to desperately try and do it. Uh, try and do. Uh, we're going to do it Jamie's way. Well, Jamie and Sarah's way um, and I will try and compensate but yeah it's, I'll try and do what I can yeah what well, actually what I've done with some of these points of what I, uh, stuff I like to have actually said specifically in what part they do happen because so, oddly this year it does make more, make more sense doing it part by part because I found mm -hmm. that the first half is very different from the second half mm -hmm. so it's going to be fun to do it, redo next year as well Jamie's I think oh god um, yeah um, I, re I thought the continuity in this episode was great. How all the plot threads of this arc from the past couple of seasons come together and resolved really nicely. Yeah, I think I might have said that to you a few days ago as well. I think, isn't it? I think. Yeah, so like Picard acting as arbiter, the Duras causes problems for all while now. Garon being introduced as potential contender for Chancellor. Alexander and Wolf's choice to ship and wait to live with his parents because that's even brought up in the episode. There's Kearney plans to lead the council and kill Duras and Gavin, which Wolf shuts down. And then the then obviously Wolf you know, uh, and then obviously the Romulan Alliance as well, with the addition of Sela, um, which is Tasha Yar's mother from the Enterprise scene episode yesterday's Enterprise and it just all comes together really nicely and it just works beautifully. Um I found in really nice additions to the plot with Duras's son, Terrell, and the and oh, the great antagonists, Lursa and Baytor, the sisters of Duras. Um, 
I mean, I literally, I've actually got a list actually, of 17 things I liked about this episode. I mean, I won't mention them all because I'm sure you'll probably, you'll probably have said some of the same things as me as well. Um, oh, just so much stuff you can say. Um, I love this as well, and it really quite interesting in-depth exploration of Wolf's character, of the conflict he has in him about his heritage versus loyalty to Starfleet. And I love it. It's, this is perfectly summed up when Garon asks Wolf, "What are you, Wolf?" You tremble and quake with fear at the approach of combat, hoping to talk your way out of a fight like a human? Or do you hear the cry of the warrior calling you to battle, calling you to glory like a Klingon? Perfectly sums up the conflict that Wolf has in these two episodes. Um, there's other stuff as well, but I'll, I'll, well, I'm going to let you want to let you say some stuff as well. Um, do you want me to do it overall? Yeah, go for it. Do it part by part, so I've got bits occurring, different bits. Um, whatever works best for you, Sai. Whatever works best for you. Um, part one: the Vulture's Bridge is redress of the photo, uh, torpedo basin, and in theory, there we yep. are. Who would have thought a redress would pick her so soon? Garon's ready room is a redress of Kern's ready room. <laughs> uh, reappearance of the uh, of the chair last seen in the in, in its degree. Um, reappearance of the phaser target range. Last seen a matter of honor. Uh, the Klingon bird of prey wings are in their flight mode because um, their motors had seized and they couldn't be put in attack mode. Uh, Wolf's goodbye is only transport in the transporter room. Is the only time we see certain members of the bridge crew. So Troy, Geordi, and Doctor Crusher. Could I actually have any lines in the episode? No. Um. I think everyone knows that this is a temporary res resignation, as it looks like Wolf is only only packing an overnight overnight bag, but it's not an overnight bag, but it's like because if you notice, all the weapons are still on display in his quarters, mm. and it's like that's the whole reason why I think at the end of the episode it's so easy way he just goes, "Can I have my job back?" and he goes, "Yeah, right." And it's like what Cisco used to do. It's like, "Oh, I never got around sending off your sending off the paperwork to Starfleet uh, Command." It's that whole thing, so mm -hmm. I don't mind as much. Uh, part two: the Klingon nightclub is a redress of the Vulture's Bridge. There's a surprise. Um, I've always loved the second detection grid graphic, special effect, and the shot of Starfleet ships departing Starbase Twenty Four. Uh, this is an odd one, which I had to put down. Do you know what the Sutherland's Bridge is a redress of? Um, is this something from Deep Space Nine? Then no, I don't know what it is. I had an idea in my head, but For, somehow I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they managed it because you wouldn't know it if you knew if you know, if you didn't know. It's for redress of the Enterprise A's galley seen in Star Trek Six. Somehow. Oh really? Yeah. Blind me. Um, as I established in Best of Both Worlds, I did exactly the same thing as I did for that thing. I watched it in one go on the Blu-ray, the Pacific Blu-ray for it, rather than doing it the proper way. So, I jumped to the conclusion that if so, the second part would have been better linked with the last part if they started the episode with the Starbase 24 scene, rather than the battle scene. Mm. I can understand why they did it, because once you get back in season... Five, you need to go out and you need to start with a bit of a bang. Mm. But in terms of watching them back to back, I sat there and went, "What?" They sort of switched them around. 
but I kind of see why they did it in a strange sort of way. Uh, I love the way Captain Picard finds the grey area as he indirectly helps Garon without breaking the Prime Directive. I thought that was a really clever way of doing it. Oh, with the blockade. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you know the ships I was talking about earlier? Do you know how they are reused and redresses of previous ships we may have seen in the series? And can you guess what they are? Battle Bridge. No, no, no. The ships, the models. Do you know oh. what they what they are? We've already we've already had well we've already seen all of them. But do, do you want me just to tell you? Because you'll sit there and you yes, please get it. But you have the Stargazer. You see the Enterprise C again, and you see the Phoenix. Wow, you think about it, if you look at that shot, it's every single ship they've created for this show. Oh, well, all these ships that joined Picard on the blockade? Yeah. You know, that shot as they're leaving Starbase 2 Oh, yeah, you've got a few behind him, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean now, yeah. Again, saving all the money for this episode as well, wouldn't they? Um, it's nice to see Chief O'Brien in a bigger role taking over tactical, and then I found a really silly thing. Okay, right. You remember the challenge in when Garon gets challenged and the guy gets stabbed? Yep. He's not a great actor because you can see him breathing once he's died. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, that, that kind of didn't work right. It's, okay. Yeah, he, hopefully he didn't do an act, a, a, a killed person job again, I hope. If you look, it's, just, it's like chest going up and down in the background it's like not very convincing no obviously can't hold his breath yeah that's everything I got for everything so and then it's just more as much as meanings which is going to be fun um I'm trying to think I might be I found tons but yeah um I might bring up just a couple of other points about what I liked again I'm not going to say them all because it will be here forever um, no, why not Jeremy go for it let's um I found um, Picard and uh, I thought there's a great parallel between Picard, Wolf and Picard in the conflicts of interest they face. So, Wolf and his heritage of his duty, and Picard being a Starfleet officer and acting as arbiter for the Klingon High Council. And this quote just sums it up perfectly. We walk the same tightrope between two worlds, you and I. We must try our very best to keep those two worlds separate, or we shall certainly fall. Um, love the scene, well, actually, both scenes between. Picard, meet, Picard and Wolf meet in the Jurassic sisters and they're, they're so convinced of their beauty and skills of manipulation that they don't see how utterly inept they are at it it's just like they're not enticed at all um, and I like the fact that Picard says to them you've manipulated the circumstances with the skill of a Romulan I just thought that was great um, great brilliant game of cat and mouse of all the potential different alliances so Gower and the Jurassic sisters with the Romulan support with the possibility Possibility briefly occur and turn against both Garon and Juras. Um, I love the um, the ending scene in part one, where Wolf's leaving the ship and you've got the procession of people there to greet him goodbye. Um, excellent Kern, Robert O'Reilly as Garon, and oh, all the rest of them as well, I've said, forever <laughs> otherwise. Um, or including also um, Timothy Carhart, who, does, um, who plays First Officer Hobson in the Sutherland in part two. Um, I thought the battle sequences were quite well done, particularly the one in part two, where Kerm fires the ship into the stars Corona and then quickly warps out. Um, quite like the idea of the, um, the, 
the, the, the active tachyon beam to um, to stop the rom to, to detect any rumbling cloaking ships. Uh, this I really found quite interesting in um, part two with Picard and Data and their individual reactions when when he questions why the captain might put him in command of one of the other starships. I thought that was really quite telling. It's like you know, it's like is is it because he's a machine? Picard's like, well, you defended him in measure of a man. It's like you know, it's like I think Picard kind of realizes his mistake and was kind of a bit embarrassed by it. Um, again, good character development for Data as well when he takes command of the Sutherland. Kind of, uh, he hasn't got any time to kind of display his per generous personality. He kind of has to be quite strict, which I think comes across quite well, um, particularly with kind of how Hobson reacts. But he does he basically doesn't like the idea of serving under an android captain. Um, nice seeing, nice learning, nice seeing the Klingon, how the Klingons celebrate after a battle with all, the whole drinking and fighting scene. And again, you already said this good use of Chief O'Brien as tactical officer as well. Um, the only two things I was, wasn't so keen on was again the reset button will become Starfleet officer it seemed too quick for me. But again, I know in actuality, it was probably more time had actually passed. And again, again, it probably due to time constraints in the episode. But Wolf doesn't have any reaction to seeing Celia on the Klingon console, even though she looks like tattered. Yeah, it's like, well, surely you would have even just a surprised expression on your face. So that was kind of a bit like, okay. Um, apart from that, though, the rest of the episode I absolutely loved. It said everything works really nicely. There's so much going on, and it said the messages in there as well. You know. Um, do you mind me saying my messages first, or do you want to say? No, you go for it. Um, patience is sometimes a more effective weapon than the sword. So that's a quote from Wolf, um, and him deciding whether to confront the cats about his discommendation. Uh, lies must be challenged. Fear is power. That's a Garan quotes to Picard as a Jurassist is trying to use their power to gain support. Um, sometimes you have to choose where you belong. You can't always walk the line between them. So when Wolf at the end. Part one resigns his commission as a staff officer and chooses the Klingons. Um, and the notion of kind of the principles in the plan directive and how important it is to uphold them. So, yeah, that's what that's what, what I got from it. I got because I've got quite a few for both sides. Go for it. So I don't know what you want me to do for it. Um, do it. Do it how you normally would. So I do part one and part two. It's fine. Part one. Life is there challenge us physically and mentally. The treasure of the time you have with friends and family, you know when your time with them will be gone. If you need support dealing with something, ask for it. Take responsibility for actions. Never underestimate the capability of someone or something. Teamwork is an important part of life. Truth will always come out eventually. Be yourself, don't try to be someone you're not. Help can come from the most unlikeliest places. All governments lie and cover things up. There's something you're wrong, take action. Power craps, absolutely. Don't give up so easily a solution to every problem. Every problem we make has its consequences. If you're going to commit something, make sure you follow through with it. Put the record straight, stand up for what you believe in, and don't pay people into. Don't pay people, it never ends well. Um, and there's quite a lot of copies here, but. Um, Again, I'm not, I can't filter them really. It's just, uh, is that the one? This a part two, is it? Yeah, there's no excuse to revert to violence, murder, or revenge, murder, or revenge, vengeance. 
Life is their challenges physically, mentally. Treat people how you like to be treated. Tell the truth. If you need support, do ask for it. Violence doesn't solve anything. No matter what you do, the truth will always be found out. Logic is king. There's risk in everything we do. Life is unpredictable. Stick to what you believe in. Uh, be honest with yourself, with your beliefs. Power corrupts absolutely. If you're gonna connect, if you're going to commit to doing something, make sure you follow through with it. Don't give up so easy as the solution to every problem. Uh, every problem has a solution. You have to be willing to do anything to survive. People are affected by the same thing in totally different ways. Don't manipulate people. Uh, peace and unity are always worthy goal. Every decision you make has a consequence. And if you want to prove something, make sure you have evidence to back you up. So it's not quite the same, but they are. Kind of interchanged quite nicely, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. But I felt that the first half had a different story to the second half. Which is why it's got very different things to it. Mm-hmm. It makes sense doing it that way, I think. So, um, so yeah, that that is that is us reviewing the episodes done. So all we've got to do now is just pick our favourite and, as I said, possibly an honour... Possibly, well, an honourable one, I suppose, isn't it? Honourable... Mention, well, our top ones are always going to be Best of Both Worlds and Redemption. So it's then our personal favourites, which then yeah. are our proper one. I kind of see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll say that. I'd say, for me personally, I'm, well, straight away I'm going to knock out, in terms of ones I'm not going to pick from the others, uh, not Family, nope. Reunion, nope. The Wounded, nope. Um, so I'm for me it's kind of a toss up between the drumhead and half life um, it is extremely it's a difficult one because both of them really do have merit but if I had to pick really really had to pick I'd say I'd probably go with the drumhead if I'm honest it's, it was it's really difficult but I'd say probably the drumhead do you want to hear my thoughts? Go for it, yeah. It was between two, and oddly enough, Drumhead was one of them. Okay. The other one, which is what I'm going to go for, and I'm not sure, which which one would you say it would be for me? I do it every year, kind of guess what? which one I'm going to go for. Which one do you think it would be? What, the other one you've decided on? Which one I'm going to, yeah, which one I'm going to choose? Half a life? No. I'm actually going to choose Reunion. Ah, interesting. The amount of impact that had on everything is only mm. crazy. And again, I love Drumhead for what it says, but it doesn't lead to anything. Whereas Reunion does, it changes Wolf's life forever. Mm. And it changes the Klingon Empire forever. And then you end up with the Klingon Civil War, so there's no real way. It's the same thing why I went for what I did last year had the most impact and it's the same thing with this year it's kind of head over heart because I'm sure there's other ones that I could probably choose over it that, mm. but it was between Reunion and Drumhead yeah I think I think for me the Drumhead it was again it was kind of just the one that kind of had the most impact on me personally just watching the episode just the themes and how, how really relevant it is today I think that for me is what kind of clinched it um, and yeah, don't get me wrong. I do love Klingon episodes. I really do love them. But kind of, 
Actually, no, I didn't know I've seen. I picked her offspring, didn't I? I think, if I recall. Um, but yeah, um, for me, that the drumhead just really kind of spoke to me. So that's kind of why I chose that one. But like I said, we'd choose all of them really because they're all just so brilliant. Um, so yeah, so we would pick our main choices. Obviously, best of both worlds slash redemption, but. Our personal choices will be yours is what uh, reunion and mine is uh, the drumhead. So, oh, I will say this though, as an honourable kind of mention, I know it's not something we normally do. I'd also say um, first contact as well. That for me was just very very close, but as you say, it just doesn't have any impact on any future events really. Um, the drumhead technically doesn't either, but you do have references to past events and kind of an ongoing story with Wolf and his discommendation so it's kind oh, of yeah, but quite a few episodes in this series have that so oh, yeah. kind of, that becomes a bit of a script after a while mm. whereas but events in Reunion actually do affect have a direct impact, the next yeah. and you got to bear in mind with that one that actually affects him for the next not just next gen it affects him in, into Deep Space, Deep Space Nine. Nine so mm. you know it's that sort of thing rather than Something that so that's why I was that's why I did in impact because I think that changes the spectrum more than that's got the most important three M's. Mm. Sure, it's got that, but it needs to have an impact where you can sit there and go that directly leads to this thing. Oh yeah, definitely. But that's but, but partly why I chose Jospin last year was because it didn't have any impact on future stuff. But that episode just really spoke to me. So you know, but who knows? I mean next year I might pick something that does have more of an impact I think um, season 2 kind of did that has a big impact um, MS3 kind of does have a bit of an impact on the future as well I suppose with Kalar's story anyway um, but yeah so so overall we said best of both worlds redemption but our personal our personal ones are for Simon reunion and for me will be the drumhead so yeah I think um, I said that ends another year of our season review yeah but <laughs> This essay, as we did last year, this isn't quite so simple as we're going on holiday for a hiatus for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not quite that simple. Do you want to explain, Jamie? Because I'm pretty certain you, you could go uh, through, or you'd forgotten. Uh, no, we have. Um, we are going to be. Um, we're going to be. Um, oh God, I've lost my train of thought now. Um, we're going to Wayne and Jude's Sci-Fi Palooza from Checkmate. Um, and we will be recording an episode when we get back from that about our thoughts and feelings on it. So there is actually another episode coming which will be released start of August, I believe. About start of August. So you are actually going to be get. So this is not the final. This review is not the final episode before hiatus. There is actually another one as well. Does that cover it all right? And didn't you also say to me? Because again, this is a point. This is a crossover point where. I don't. I we're jointly managing the podcast this year, so yeah. this ends my management period, and then after the hiatus, well, hiatus onwards, pretty much, it's Jamie's. Yeah, up until um, up until uh, yearbook. So. Um, so all the decisions are on him, not me. So yeah. I think he also said to me, Jamie also said to me, is that because you're getting an extra episode in August. You're getting, I think, one less in September. Oh no! Oh no! You're not. No, 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 no. No, no, no you no, changed no. your mind on that. No, 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 no. We're still doing. We're still doing two episodes in September. Although I don't have. I don't have to worry about organising the first episode. 
Sorry, we're... my mistake. I've ah, keep... That's fine. Sorry, it's Things be... change with production, and I you lose track quite so, quickly. Yeah, and easy. Sorry, like, sorry. My mistake is. We've been we've been doing this review for almost five hours. Our brains have turned to probably a bit of a sponge, so I think we can be forgiven for kind of forgetting a few things. <laughs> so it's fine, don't worry. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Um, I don't think there's anything else we need to cover in terms of any news podcast news or anything, is there? No. Um, so yeah, that as I said, our season four review, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening. Said I think it was definitely was uh, shorter than our previous ones, which I think is quite nice. Um, but yeah, so we'll be doing season five next year, which will be a very, very interesting year for me. Because, as Simon knows, I'm, I'm not, I don't hate season five, but I've got a kind of view of you get some really good episodes and you get some just really times arrow. average ones. And of course, there's the whole times arrow thing, which I know Simon's been desperately looking forward to me rewatching and reevaluating. So, season five is going to be quite an eye. I think, but probably the biggest eye opener for me in terms of re-watching stuff and looking at it with a more objective eye so yeah season 5 is going to be an interesting interesting one next year definitely for me at least um, so yeah until then guys um, we hope you enjoyed listening and yeah we'll be back obviously when we do our um, review of the uh, sci-fi palooza so um, yeah so take care guys and see you soon bye bye